Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. <laughs> well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. Hulk Hogan, yeah. You say you don't know where the macho man is coming from? Yeah, you're right. You don't know anything about the macho man, Randy Savage, and where I'm coming from. Because it's mind-boggling to you, yeah. A one man could make it to the top of the World Wrestling Federation mountain, yeah. All by myself. No pukesters helping me to the left. And no pukesters helping me to the right. Didn't need them then, don't need them now. And another person I don't need is Elizabeth either, yeah. Cause I'm the champion by myself, all by myself. You don't know where I'm coming from, Hulk Hogan, this Sunday afternoon. But I know where you're coming from, yeah. I know everything about Hulk Hogan, yeah. I know what makes you tick, yeah. And you've got the audacity, yeah, to see that in WrestleMania 5, that Hulkamania is gonna survive. You don't know me, Hulk Hogan. You don't know where I'm coming from. After I beat you with that big elbow and pin you one, two, three, guaranteed victory! I'm gonna tell you and all the pukesters out there one last time before this Sunday afternoon. Hulkamania is dead! Hello and welcome to Signal of Doom. It's episode 272. I'm Dave and I'm in the house with the main man, Rich. How are you going? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad, buddy. You, uh, Rock you and roll. sounding a bit husky tonight there. Yeah. Well, it's been a very big week for me of whining and dining, actually, every single day, actually, until today uh, of this week because my uh, boss, shout out to my boss, um, was in from Singapore this week and um, so basically it was like client lunches, uh, some dinners and that culminated in a big lunch uh, for the leadership team of uh, my company and then um, a, a big night last night and not an excessive amount of drinking for me, I'm not a huge drinker, I think I had three gin, gin and tonics at lunch and Pretty much just soft drink after that, but a lot of talking, and I was high energy because I was buzzing. I was just excited to be alive, and um, and then I found by the end of the night, like yeah, my vocal cords like were you know stretched. I like I talked myself out almost, and that takes a lot for me, man. You know. Oh yeah, and I was, I uh, really threw open to just the general public, uh, to some of the managers at work, the idea of the sheriffs. You know, that I remember from last week, the sheriffs with the baseball bats patrolling the suburbs to try to smash that crime bubble right down. And uh, there was a couple of people who were very much against it. I had a couple of yeses. I had some no's. Um, yeah, there we, I, th- I threw it out there. But one guy was like, yes, yeah, sounds like a good idea, Dave. And I was like, yeah. Um, but one guy said it would just be thuggery. 
rich. <laughs> yeah. Clear right. Street justice. You were against it from memory, weren't you? Yeah, because you're just creating a, a future problem, that's all. What problem? A, a problem of total law and order? Create some thing to sort out the thugs from your sheriff idea. <laughs> Well, they've got to be regulated by the cops. The cops are the layer over there. So if the, if the sheriffs go too crazy, they get dragged off the streets themselves, man. It's just, uh, to me. Uh, well, yeah. If the, if the police were a 100% altruistic, no corruption mm. force, so. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there's yeah, been yeah. some of them. Could, yeah. Some of them could turn blind eyes and stuff and all that. You know, not all of them, but I'm just saying you only need a few. Well, yeah, but there'll always be a level of corruption in everything. I mean, there's a level of corruption in. in I know, but that's my point. Business. You're just to me. You're just adding another system with corruption and thuggery in it. Like you're just creating another. But think level of this. Of it. But think of this. What they stamp down on and what they reduce. So you bring in a risk. But think about what they're also eliminating. So they're cleansing the streets of no, scum. I, no, no, no. They, I think that at the end they would just replace it with their own law and shenanigans and problems. I so love I, their law. All, the, you, all you're doing to me is you're just replacing one problem with another problem. You're not actually eliminating the problem. Man, I'd be the guy at the top of the food chain making the moves. You know what I'm saying? In my in my fortress. And if they got out of line, I, I, I'd throw them in shackles myself. So it would be, I, I make no bones about it, it would be a police state under my, under my you know, purview. You realise that, don't you, Rich? Nah. But you, you do realise if I, if I was given total control, it would be a police state. Do you understand that? Yes, and you do understand that there would be an uprising and a revolt. Civil disobedience must be crushed. I've always said that. <laughs> yes, because all 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 of that always gets crushed. Hey, Dave, they never they never manage to topple or overthrow uh, totalitarian states or anything. Hey, well, rarely, rarely. <laughs> you know, they do do it eventually. But but like, but it, it wouldn't be all bad, man. Like, I mean, I wouldn't eliminate press freedom, for example. You know, so there'd still be scrutiny. That, you know, it would be... You say that now, and as soon as they start <laughs> writing bad articles about you, then you start stamping it out, so... Yeah, sure, definitely. Well, there's a consequence. <laughs> there's a consequence, isn't there? You know, freedom of speech isn't without consequence, isn't that what they always say? <laughs> uh, well, the press isn't supposed to be freedom of speech, though. That's something separate. Whatever it is, man, I don't know. But all I know is they better start reporting what I want, you know? They better. They better start. They better start towing the party. Yeah, line. I definitely don't see your idea going wrong, Dave. I definitely don't see it going wrong down a dark path. Oh, you're right. Oh, why was I worried? It would definitely be a dark path with me in charge. It would definitely be a dark path. I, I think one of the first things we'd have to eliminate is democ democratic elections. I, I, I've always viewed them as a, as an evil, a necessary evil. But I, if I'm in charge, I don't think they're necessary anymore. You know. <laughs> Oh my! Yeah, oh my! Yeah. So you know. Anyway, just some ideas I'm floating around, and I I didn't give the full uncensored version to the people at work because I don't think they can handle the truth. But, no, but of course, not. that's why you that's why you got some yeses because you only yeah. gave them the, the the rosy pitch. Yes, yes, and and I also gave them the um. But but there was some people who were saying, yeah, we need to stamp on crime. 
you know, hard, real hard. I said shopliftings, muggings, graffiti, rapings, murders, assault, all of these things are what the guys with the bats will be responding to. So if they see a carjack and they're just going to come tearing in with their bats and start dispatching justice, that's the vision yeah. I have. Yeah, and then they find out the guy just locked his keys in and was trying to get into his own car and they didn't ask questions. Well, maybe they'll ask a few questions, Rich. You know? <laughs> uh, nice of you to make that assumption there, Dave. <laughs> well, you swing a couple of bats, you might get some answers, you know? That's the thing. Uh, well. Anyway, I mean, it's a beautiful vision. Um, I feel like it could still happen. Um, I might run onto this platform. I, I think there's a there's a percentage of the population out there who, th- who who might not be brave enough to stand up just yet, just yet, and say yes, please. But I think silently. Well, there's I'm a lot brave of enough. I'm brave enough to say no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, turning to another topic, I discovered a couple of things this week. The first one, I knew the name, the Macho Man Randy Savage. I didn't realize what Ooh, a legend yeah. this. Yeah, this guy's great. I, I, I think I remember this guy from when I was a kid. And I happened to come across some clips on um, uh, on YouTube and on the internet and stuff. This guy was a legend, man. This guy was like my spirit animal. He's re- he's all the way in. Yeah, yeah. He was he was up there with um, Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, yeah. Andre the Giant. He was like a massive um, popular figure in the at the time the WWF. Yeah. So um, like eighties and nineties was this guy's peak, wasn't it? Really, like you know. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, He's a good speaker. He's got a great yeah, voice. It's, it's 80s to like sort of early 90s. And yeah. then they started, that, that's when they went sort of uh, down the attitude era. And that's when you got your Stone Colds and your right. uh, rocks and all that sort but of But this stuff. guy had like a lot of attitude. Out. This guy had a ton of attitude. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, he, well, he was a, he was a uh, again, um, again, a larger than life. Uh, sort yeah. of personality, and, and he really <laughs> lived his persona, basically. I love it, man. This, um, th- this is the fact, best thing I've seen. He's, he's the wrestler in the uh, first Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie. Buzzsaw. Is he really? Is it Hacksaw? Buzzsaw? I don't yeah. know. The wrestler that, that, that Tobey Maguire fights. Yeah, okay, uh, right. When he first gets his powers. Yeah, that's that's Macho Man Randy Savage. I saw this um, one where he was calling out Hulk Hogan, and it was in real he's life. Not- yeah, there's lots of him calling it Hulk. Hogan. It was great. Like he was like, "An Hulk Hogan, I'm going for you." <laughs> and then, like, yeah, apparently he was a, a professional baseball player as well. Yeah, I think before his wrestling career. Man, what a character! And he died in a car crash, having a heart attack. Um, mm. Aged about fifty-eight, and I think I do remember him dying. But I, I just, you know, you stumble across clips that get recommended on Facebook, and it was him. Sometime in the 90s, probably mid-90s, because he looked older, but not super old. And he was kind of out of, well, sort of out of character, but sort of still in character, uh, calling out Hulk Hogan for a, a real fight in the, you know, like um, mm. a non Oh, there was, there was bad blood between um, him and Hulk Hogan. Right. Like, like in, in real life. Yeah. And um, it was pretty funny. I, I far prefer him over Hulk Hogan, who I... I mean, I don't know. I'm not a big wrestling guy, but of course I know who Hulk Hogan is. But I prefer this guy. He was more sort of, he's quite edgy, really, for the time, you know? Mm. Yeah, I, I just thought there was there was a bit of 
there's a bit of something to this guy. I like his style and the way he was talking, like, you know. I mean, the, the problem with Hulk Hogan, especially in the in the WWF, is that he was that he there's not wasn't much that Hulk could do because obviously he was the mm. the role model for for kids, you know, that you know, the whole like, you know, uh, say your prayers, take your vitamins. <laughs> That sort of, all that sort of stuff. So WWF like really pushed Hulk Hogan as like the clean baby face. So there wasn't right. really much he could do. So a lot of other characters around him got to have a little bit more, you know, a bit more fun. They could they could be anti-hero or, you know, the, the straddle that line kind of thing, um, which is why so many people enjoyed seeing Hulk Hogan when he went to um, yes. um, WCW because then he was called himself Hollywood yeah yeah i remember Hogan, that yeah and, but he was playing the and then he got to be the bad guy you know he got to be like devious and underhanded and and stuff and all that and, and there's good and bad stuff in it but yeah it's <laughs> it's very hard it's 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 hard when the company uh you know builds you as the um mr clean baby face yeah the, yeah the you know the the role model character, mm. which well, he definitely was in the eighties. I remember. I, yeah, I re- but again, but yeah. people but people got sick of that, which is why um, in the Attitude Era, your antiheroes, you know the, the 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 good guys that did straddle that line, that that would cheat even to win, sure, you know, and stuff and all. That's why you know your your rocks and your your Stone Cold and all this sort of stuff became popular because people kind of you know well that's what happens with decades. People fall out of love with you know the clean cut. Yeah, hero. They want the you know they want the the dark hero, the anti hero kind of thing. And all that well, Macho Man Randy Savage, from what I saw, he seemed to have a bit of the anti hero about him. Like he was, I don't know if he was a bad guy or what he was, but he was like he was a self promoter. Like I've never well, he, seen. He would flick between the two. Yeah, like yeah. he he'd be a good guy, then he'd be a bad guy, then he'd be a good like because you know he wasn't he, he could be whatever he wanted or whatever the story. It's pretty um, cool. Man. For. I mean, generally he was a good guy, but you know, he was a good guy that didn't mind cheating. <laughs> but I like <laughs> But I like his self promotion. It was pretty funny. Like he was a real I know a lot of those guys talked a big game, but he talked a huge game. Massive game. Well, he also he also became pretty popular because of the Slim Jim commercials. Right. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. You know, he he was the spokes of the the sort of in the ads, the spokesperson, the mascot, I don't know mascot, but you know what I mean? Like the whole like, oh, yes, Slim Jims. <laughs> he had a really funny voice. Like, and I saw the clips with his wife and he's like, Miss Elizabeth, look at the video scope. And then someone like tries to talk to her and he starts getting the shits. It's pretty funny. <laughs> and he, no, he was a cool guy. He was a cool guy. Yeah. Man, so would, when he, like, I don't know much about wrestling other than the most basic beats, would a guy like him and Hulk Hogan, would they be worth, like, millions and millions because they were sort of like, um, you know what I mean? They were sort of there since the start kind of thing for 20 years or whatever, or not? I mean, Hulk Hogan, yes, because, mm. see, the problem with is <clears throat> Randy Savage, when he... When he moved to WCW, he didn't he didn't have the same success that 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 Hogan did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Hogan stayed there for a long time. And Ra- Randy even ended up sort of retiring, right, um, uh, from the wrestling because uh, you know he didn't feel like he was getting the the push and 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 was appreciated there. So I don't know if he'd be worth. He's certainly not worth as much as Hollywood Hogan turned out to be because yeah, um, it's just bigger name. It, it, it's to compete with that, but I, I'm 
I'd hope that he put away a pretty penny. But the problem is, is uh, wrestlers didn't get paid a lot of money. Um, really? Um, they probably get paid a lot more now. Um, but it's not a, yeah, it's a job where you've got to work 365, man. Like, you know, it's not a, it's not a nine to five job, weekends off, that sort of thing. Because in between uh, wrestling, you're traveling to the next yeah. town. So <sighs> it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's three, five, man. It's just, it's nonstop. And is it all um, televised? Like, like for those guys, like everything, every one of their matches is part of, I assume it's part of, isn't it some huge cable package you know the wrestling package that you can get like yeah uh, well now it's done live um and it's probably been done live since maybe 2000s but whether it was pre-taped right okay um so when you say they go from town to town they work they work even longer now because back in the day i think it used to only be like an hour or two hour show Mm. it's it's even more taxing now i think for, for for wrestlers which is why i think the wrestlers today, especially your more popular ones, do get paid a bit more. Yeah. I remember one guy uh, called The Undertaker. Um, I, mm-hmm. se- I seem to recall that was a name that, uh, you know, I, I sort of saw more of the ads and he always looked pretty cool, I thought. <laughs> yeah, like... he just actually retired recently, actually. So Re- uh, Recently? He, he really? wrestled for quite a long time. Yeah. God. Like, um, it's it, like there always seemed to me not 100% cross-section, but a certain cross-section with comic book fans, especially in the US. I know a lot of comic book fans who are pretty hardcore <coughs> into wrestling. You know, there's a there's there's there, there seems to be a bit of a cross section of the fan base, particularly in the US, um, which I think is interesting. Look, I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't think wrestling is as popular now as it used to be. But I mean, yeah, I mean, wrestling was definitely as it, it's 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 become like a um, part of the culture. It's become part of the the zeitgeist in, in, in certainly in america and the rest of the world because mm. now i mean um uh, the wwe basically goes to other countries now as well to put on shows <laughs> so and is that yeah. same guy still running it vince mcmahon is he still the runner of it or, or is he dead now oh uh, no so i think he also just stepped down recently and i think he made his daughter the the ceo or something like that so i think he has just retired so okay. all right, but it was still his company that was behind the whole thing. Wow. Oh well, I mean, it's still yeah, it's it's he's just now just stepped down from the day to day running of it, but it's God. still his company. Jesus, he must be old though himself. Like, I mean, how old is this guy? He seems to have been around since forever. Uh, I think he's eighty. Wow, Jesus. Well, anyway, it was just interesting. I I just came across this clip of the Macho Man Randy Savage calling out Hulk Hogan, and it was hilarious. And um, oh, yeah, he was. He was a character. Sure was. Now, I also came across this show, Mr. In-Between. It's an Australian kind of crime show. I got recommended by my boss. It is excellent, Richard. Have you heard of this? Yeah, Rich. So this Mr. In-Between show, uh, it's kind of like a crime show with a bit of comedy in it, like black comedy, um, set in Australia, um, Sydney, and it's really cool. It's kind of like a fixer. It's similar to an Australian version of Ray Donovan, probably. Um you know, in essence, like similar genre. Uh, one of the Edgertons, I believe, is behind it. I think, um, and yeah, I'm I'm loving it. I I really am enjoying it. And so I got recommended by my boss in Singapore, and oh, we're talking about Punisher, and he goes, "You know, a show that you might like, um, Mister In Between," and it's on Hulu. Um, might even be on Disney Plus as well. And um, I thoroughly recommend it. Only half hour episodes. 
um, which feels odd because it feels like it would normally be an hour show because uh, it's a drama, and uh, I'm absolutely loving it. I, I've watched, like, because I had today off, I, I've watched, like, three episodes today. Uh, I believe in Australia you can watch it on Binge if, okay. you, get, if you can't get Hulu. Okay, on Binge. Yeah, uh, have you got Binge? Uh, every now and again. <laughs> Oh, that's right, because you always bounce between these streams. Well, I mean, it's I, I highly recommend it. And I think there's at least three seasons. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll get the name of the guy, actually, because I've seen him around. Uh, Brooke Satchel, who was on, like, Neighbours or Home and Away or something. She was on Neighbours, I think. Yeah, is sort of one of the, the love interests and is pretty interesting. She's only kind of just starting in the story. Um, let me find the name of the guy, because my sister was saying that the guy... Um, the guy, uh, so Ray Shoesmith is the name of the guy um, who, yeah, Ray Shoesmith is, is, the, is the name of the guy who who is the, um, you know, like the, the lead. Uh, and, yeah, it's really good. I, I really, really like it. I, I, I think it's one of the best things I've seen in a while, definitely in terms of Australian TV, which I don't normally... You know, um, 8.6 on IMDb, 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, was an FX show, uh, Fox Showcase, show in Australia, FX in the States, and I think it's been reasonably popular. Um, I, I Honestly, I think you should probably have a little bit of a look at it, man. Uh, yeah, well, uh, I might check it out next time my binge subscription comes around. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I would put it above Banshee, which is another show I like that I think is an FX show. I would put it above Banshee. I, I think it's uh, even better than that. And um, it's competing with The Shield for me right now in terms of my enjoyment level. It's it's right up there. So that's been a major factor in my, my last, well, really just today. So what's been going on in your life, Rich? We haven't covered you. We've covered Macho Man, but we haven't covered you. What's going on, man? Not much. Just uh, <laughs> still watching... Um what am I doing? Uh, still watching Mythbusters every now and again. Okay. Um, uh, oh, I went and obviously I saw the Elvis movie. Um, well, we uh, want a full review. We want a full review. So, okay. So I want a review because Pete at work saw it and was kind of mixed. Huge Elvis fan. His wife loved it. Loved it. And has seen it twice. Now, where are you? Give me the full description, Rich. I want the in-depth. Uh, yeah, look, I mean, it's a, it's, it's definitely a mixed bag um, mm -hmm. because I mean, if you're wanting a, uh, I guess a proper autobiographical movie, this is not that. Mm -hmm. It's very, it's very Baz Luhrmann. Mm -hmm. um, it's very. I almost like when I, when I was watching, I was, I was just thinking to myself, it's like an Elvis version of Jesus Christ Superstar. You know what I mean? Where, wow. Um, <laughs> it's, it's things are a little bit exaggerated in it. Um, you know, it's it's it it doesn't it doesn't feel like it exists in the real world. If that makes sense, you know what I mean. Yeah, this it's feels stylized. Like very stylized, like, is it? Yeah, this feels like one of these like um, uh, imaginative worlds where things don't work under you know our laws. You know, it's a well, bit that's more, very Baz Luhrmann. Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. It's 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 very Baz Luhrmann. If that's oh. what you want, then you, you're definitely going to enjoy it. Um, it's definitely told from the perspective of um, the colonel, who is wow. he definitely the bad guy in this. He okay. is is very much painted as a, as the villain, which okay. I mean, according to some accounts, he is. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but sure. it, it, it's interesting because he's the narrator, kind of in uh, of the movie, mm. and uh, he 
certainly doesn't see himself as a villain. It's, you know, um, mm. in fact, at the end of the movie, he doesn't, uh, you know, when Elvis dies, he's like, oh, people say it was the drugs. People said it wasn't my fault, but it wasn't my fault. It was your fault. It was mm. his love of the fans that, for your fans that killed him. And it's just like, wow, that's a, that's a cope. <laughs> Like, (laughs) you know, so they definitely paint him as the, as, as, as a villain. Um, Austin Butler thought did a really, really, uh, good job, um, with the part. I mean, uh, he he did such a good part. I actually thought his, his voice was fake. Right. Um, you know, just cause I mean, I've seen him in things and I never would have guessed that, um, he, he could get his voice to sound like that, but he does a, he does a really good job of, um, uh of playing elvis um, and what's his, what's and his he certainly like? looks like him in a lot i mean a lot younger mm. i mean elvis was a young guy but uh austin does look a bit younger than he did mm-hmm. uh, especially when he gets to be a bit older you know mm. when he's starting to push 40 he's you know he, he still looks all right and he still does the part but you still think you say oh he looks a bit young mm. playing someone that's pushing 40 um uh, i mean if i had to score it i'd probably I guess I can maybe give it a 6.5, maybe um, 7 out of 5, I guess, it's uh, out of 10. Mm. Um, uh, it's, it's a, it is mixed, though. It's a bit mixed. Like, um, uh, I didn't enjoy when they used modern music um, uh, as, like, the background music mm. or, you know, uh, for the soundtrack, like, at one point. Modern um, music? What the fuck is modern yeah, yeah, music yeah. doing in this? So th- th- there's like a part where he's like uh, he's driving to uh, like the sort of the the, the black neighborhood mm-hmm. uh, where BB King and and all that sort of you know when love comes to town of, that guy yeah night yeah. nightclubs and stuff and when he's driving there they play a song uh, for the soundtrack uh, that literally it sounds like a sort of a Cardi B Nicki Minaj type oh, Jesus song which I I didn't so. I didn't like it. That certainly took me out whenever I heard like mumble rapping or rapping or modern music. I was definitely like, why? Why the hell is that shit in the the Elvis movie? I don't know. And then, and then when you, but when you basically get to the end of the movie and the credits are rolling, the song that they play in is some mumble rapper guy. Oh, fuck. Really? Rap. And so uh, I guess maybe, look, I guess uh, what's well, rapping that you don't actually quite understand what they're saying. It's oh, great. Um, I, I, under, I, I get, I understand why he's kind of doing it because I mean, obviously Elvis was heavily, inspired uh by black music uh you know yeah but uh, elvis didn't rap man i don't remember no, no, Elvis no, rapping but what i guess they're trying to do is they're trying to have modern black voices in oh, it Jesus. i guess i don't know that that's the only thing i can think of as to why they're doing that but uh oh, oh geez there was one part where um uh it's the, there's a guy um there's a guy playing who was it now? I think it was. Um, yeah, there's a guy playing Little Richard. Oh yeah, in the movie. What a talent! And I'm, I'm not yeah. joking. I, 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 I wasn't even paying attention because I was so focused on trying to find out if it was a woman or not. Yeah. <laughs> like, like because you know, I mean, obviously, Little Richard. You know, people ever said like a bit uh, effeminate and all that sort of stuff. But the guy, the, the I, I think it's a guy. The guy that got to play him, mm. I, I literally was not sure if it was a woman or not. Like. Right. They went that feminine. Well, he was boy. pretty feminine. He was gay. I mean, little Richard, flamboyantly gay. Um, yeah, no, yeah. no. But the, the, this, well, one, this, the again, the, the, the much thinner, much thinner in the face. You know, little yeah. Richard had a, um, and as I said he was uh, effeminate and all that. But I, I think they can't. Again, everything's an exaggeration. I think like everything, yeah. it it takes what it is and like dials it up to eleven. Okay, so let me ask you a few um, questions. So, okay, 
I, I don't understand why there's rap, but okay, you've given a reason. Now, does it cover from Sun Studios? Does it cover yeah. the films? Like Blue uh, Hawaii, Blue Hawaii I mean, and stuff? No, yes and no. They kind mm. of just, a lot of it's footnotes. So it does start off at the beginning. In Sun, um, Sun Records uh, and all that. Yeah, with Sun Records and then uh, in him the opening for uh, some country singer. Is Johnny Cash in it? No. Oh. Um, and he was, oh, it's, it, it's, there's a lot of, um, uh, a lot of black art, uh, uh black, you know, BB King, Little Richard, um, King, cool. Mama, oh, I should have can't remember the name, Mama something. Um, uh, they, they don't really focus on any other white characters except for the, the country singer that he opened for at the start of his career, like when, um, the Colonel, you know, that's how the Colonel discovered him basically. Right. Um, it like got him, they heard, he heard his record and he got him onto the, the tour as right. the opening act <clears throat> and that's when he dropped that guy and so they're covered from that and um uh and and you know the, they basically have the woman in the audience go from like being unsure to almost having orgasms sure um yeah. in it and stuff and all that does he love then, me tender and stuff love me tender that's all uh, again it's 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 not there, there isn't a lot of performances really so it's not elvis doing the songs is that uh, there are, no? There's some, uh -huh. but it's more about the the things that is like. It's more about the behind the scenes. This is really a story about the colonel, oh, the fucking and, colonel. And, and how and how devious, manipulative, oh. uh, selfish um, <laughs> he was. So it, it, you know, it, it's, it's about his mother and his mother drinking himself to death. About oh. um, you know the the the, the colonel. Colonel and him sent to war instead of prison. Yeah. Um, and then, yes, he does the movie deals, but they don't really show the movie. You know what I mean? It's not like they go and they go, does oh, it, here's What about no, the no, comeback special? What about the comeback special? Yeah, yeah, they cover all that and all that. And when he, uh, after the assassination of... Um, JFK. And no, no, no. Martin Luther um, King? No, the, um, uh, JFK's brother. Um, Bobby. Yeah. After that, then he, he created that new song. If I Can uh, Dream. And, yeah, as, as like a former protest. If all my but brothers can walk hand really, in hand. It, that's all. It's really it's highlighting the moments in his life where the colonel manipulates him into doing something for the colonel's benefit. Uh -huh. So the when they arrest, when they threaten to arrest Elvis, uh -huh. if he so much wingled a finger, you know, that's yeah. the part we got arrested and went to war. The reason that the colonel tried to change Elvis mm. is because the colonel is actually not actually a citizen. Right. Really? He doesn't. He's he's a uh, he's basically an illegal alien from Holland. Um, he has no like social really? security and all that sort of stuff. So all the decisions he he made for hours is to get himself out of trouble. So when the guys threaten to like we you know you, there's no record of you blah 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 you'll both go to jail that's when he tries to convince you know Elvis oh wear the tux be clean and yeah and all that sort of stuff and then when Elvis wants to go tour the world. Mm. Um, because again, he doesn't have a passport and all that, and he can't keep an eye on him. That's when he convinces him to stay, and he does that like five years in Vegas, yeah, like every year. And That's then they great. Get him so it's it's more of a story about all the ways the colonel fucked up his life. Okay, wow. That's okay. That's hardcore. Um, what? Okay. What? So is the comeback the special? Is it, how much of it is the comeback special? Like in the black leather and all that? Like, is there a couple of songs at least that he does? 
Yeah, you get a little bit of performance uh, when he's sort of in the studio. But again, it's not full on. It's not a rock concert. Don't okay. don't go there expecting a rock yeah. concert. There is one cool scene where he takes his first song uh-huh. when he first goes to Vegas and and he redoes the song. He reimagines the song and he gets the orchestra and it's all right, Mama. It's all right, Mama. Yeah, that yeah. one, yeah, yeah. You 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 get all that sort of stuff. But <clears throat> there's songs peppered through it. But don't think of it. It's not yeah. a music video. It's, it's not a yeah. musical where it's just him constantly just performing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah, I dig it. What about um, uh, the Vegas? Because you know I love my Elvis and, uh, Elvis on tour 72 in Vegas. Uh, do you get much of the Vegas Elvis? Like Moody Blue, that one? Yeah, well, that's the, that's the end of his life. That's, Suspicious that's Minds. Where the, that's where the colonel, um, because the colonel's in debt. Uh-huh. And he wants How was the colonel in debt? He's been milking Elvis fucking for years. Uh, gambling debts. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so that's where he – so the reason he signed the Vegas deal was because he owed uh, that guy uh-huh. – uh, I can't remember the, the hotel now, uh-huh. but he owed that guy so much money. Yeah. And so he convinced them. And then, again, it's a, it, it, as I said, it's, it's not – it's a movie about Elvis, but it's also – it's mainly a movie about – The Colonel screwing him. Colonel and 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 how he fucked up. That's um, sad. Uh, what about the Memphis played in fucking up uh, Elvis's life? What about the Memphis Mafia? Like the you know Elvis's buddies and stuff. Do they are they clowning around in the background a bit? They're in there, and the Colonel does uh, blame them uh, for a lot of the stuff. And 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 you know what? To be fair, they did mooch off Elvis. Like, they, they Elvis, certainly did. They were like leeches, but you know well, they yeah. they did absolutely fuck all. And oh. they just hung around Elvis, and Elvis spent money on them, and and yeah. Elvis was always always losing money. He he spent more money basically than he made. So yeah, Elvis was very, can, a very generous that, man. That's how the colonel managed to always get his hooks into him because mm. Elvis was always basically needing money, and so he would sweet talk him and yeah. promise him, you know, the world and and promise him riches and all that sort of stuff. So what about uh, uh, Aloha from Hawaii? Did they go to Hawaii, the Hawaii concert? No, they <laughs> oh, really. What you're, you're expecting far too much from a like a two hour and a two and a half hour movie? Like again, I'm looking forward to it. If you want, if you want a rock concert, just watch the Elvis fucking. Well, I want to tag this in is. to our Patreon members and any we're going to be doing. Um, I'm going to be doing a in depth review of the '68 comeback special. I retrieved the DVDs from Michelle's mum's house the other day and borrowed them back off her. Uh, I, I'd given them to her at some point. And I'm going to watch the 68 comeback special and do an in-depth Patreon review because I want to take listeners back to the heart of it. You know, if if all oh, my brothers could walk hand in hand. Um, yeah, man, like what a life, what a career. I can't believe that we're seeing it through the eyes of like the fucking colonel, the ultimate fucking parasite, like the puppet master, really. Um, he was a carnival huckster, wasn't he, Rich, before before mm-hmm. Elvis? Yeah, he was always like a loose cannon. And he wasn't even American. No, no, right? no. no. He, he was a promoter for, again, mm. a country singer guy. So mm. he was a carnival huckster. Then he got into the music business. Uh-huh. And through um, the guy that he was managing and promoting, that's how he sort of discovered and 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 got his hooks into Elvis and all this. So what about Sam Phillips and the Sun Studios? Do you see any of that? Like right at the beginning when he does like all the classic like 50 songs? Because that was where he started. Isn't there none of that? Like, Well, he's already done that. So it's uh it's, because this movie starts with the, with basically the Colonel discovering him. So it starts Mm. from there. Okay. Right. I'm just trying to. He, he died in '97. Uh, the Colonel. He was a Dutch musical entrepreneur. 
He immigrated illegally to the US at the age of 20. He resided in the country without legal status. Wow. I think that was yeah, way so Elvis never toured. Yes, and mm. that and and the movie blames that on him and 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 uh, you know uh, uh, and then he tries to brag like in the movie they have him brag him saying I brought the world to uh, to Elf Light you know um, a, a spread across. and it's like yeah but you did that for your own selfish <laughs> you know what I mean you yeah. didn't you didn't do that because Elvis couldn't tour you did that to stop him from touring it's like it's not the same thing yeah yeah wow okay is Priscilla in it much. Uh, yeah, in it, but not not a lot. Right, yeah, just like the romance and she stuff. Probably, she's very she probably beautiful. Like halfway through the movie, and um, you know, and then they they you know they get married and stuff and all that, and you know, she convinces him to stop doing the shitty movies and mm. terrible music uh, uh, Christmas albums, and you know, get back to singing what you love and all that sort of stuff. But then, of course. You know, uh, after the success of the Vegas shit, you know, he just starts fucking doing drugs and banging chicks and all that, and she basically leaves him, um, sort of like, like separates um, Lisa Marie um, and all that sort of stuff, and then you don't really see her after that. Right, yeah. So what, she's left him by Vegas, hasn't she? I well, think. after, yeah, after Vegas, yes. Like, yeah. kind of in the middle, I guess, of the Vegas. Because, Do they play, um, is there a scene, and I'm just picturing this, a scene with Priscilla driving off and the music's playing separate ways. That's a that's. Oh, I mean, that's a fucking missed opportunity there. You you could see it getting in the in the in the cab of the limousine and driving off into the sunset, and it's playing separate ways. And like, is there any moments of? Because something I'm fascinated by is, I mean, Elvis was a great guy, beautiful, you know, beautiful human being. Is there any moments of Elvis kind of like in the 70s, kind of like staring into the mirror, kind of like, you know, you know, is there moments of Elvis where he feels like it's out of control? Do you ever get a sense of yes. that in this film? Yeah? Yes. And that's why, according, and, and the movie plays it as that's why he's always drugged up. Yeah. Well, yeah. happy because he, he hates his life. Really? Wow. He hates his life. Yeah. Really? Well, so basically... Um, he was going to get off the drugs mm -hmm. and he fired um, the colonel. Right. And uh, he was, and then the colonel basically sued him for like $8 million, which he didn't have. Right. Uh, because again, the colonel in his conniving stuff, he created the sort of like the Elvis family company uh -huh. and made Elvis's father the, uh -huh. Vernon. the manager of that. Yeah, the, Vernon. Yeah. The CEO, whatever, and of course the father didn't know what the fuck he was doing, and just let uh, basically, um, <laughs> you know, it. just did yes to anything the colonel wanted, <laughs> and so the, basically the colonel just sent him a bill of all the things that he said that Elvis owed him that he, you know, right. uh, that that he'd spent, well, like promoting and creating things and merchandise and all that, and basically came to eight eight and a half million dollars, right. which. Again, Elvis didn't have because again, spending on drugs, hotels, yeah, uh, the, really? the, the his mafia, all that sort of stuff. He couldn't he couldn't afford that. It's amazing to think that Elvis wasn't cool. bringing in the income. I, but I guess, as you say, he had a lot of outgoings. Well, you know. Well, here's the problem: is obviously you have the colonel basically stealing half of his money, and then you have got the Memphis mafia spending the other half. Of yeah, his there's money. plenty of beaks in the trough. Yeah, and, and him just drugged out of his mind, probably not even know what the hell's going on. Uh, to basically wake up and his father telling him we don't actually have money like 
So you got a tour. Nothing. You got a tour. You got a tour. Yeah, and so he went back to the colonel and basically just started doing the drugs again and just was like, send up the... Because he they let go of the doctor. They were like, we don't need your services because Elvis is going to get off the drugs. And as soon as he basically just gave up and said, just fucking call the colonel, tell him, mm. you know, uh, the partnership's back on, then he turns around and he goes, and send the doctor up. <laughs> you know, right. get the doctor on the phone. He just went straight back to the drugs. So. Wow. Well, interesting. So a good performance from the lead guy, though, you thought. And how was Tom Hanks? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, Tom Hanks and Orson Butler. They did a fantastic job. I just, I just wonder if Baz Luhrmann was the right person for the yeah. movie. That's all. Well, I mean, sometimes I think he was, and then sometimes I think he wasn't. So that's why I say I do agree that it might be a bit of a mixed bag. I think, I think there's some people that are going to just maybe love it. You know, maybe people who only know uh, uh, peripheral knowledge. Yeah. Of Elvis and all that sort of stuff, but I think maybe if if some people are really hardcore Elvis fans, I don't think they'll enjoy it as much. I love Elvis from the concerts. You know, I've got the concert DVDs. I don't know. I mean, I know some of his life, but I mean, he was a showman. He was what the, one of the greatest entertainers in history. Um, I'm kind of amazed to hear he was out of money. Um, you know, I I just can't understand that. I mean, the guy had nothing but hits for like you know 21 years. It's crazy. I mean, it's uh, well, yeah, but there was a lull as well because he was start, he started making bad movies. The movies were flops. All right, yeah, uh, he, was doing, he was doing the Christmas Carol stuff, and then he thought, you know, uh, that's when the Colonel convinced him, "Hey, these Las Vegas people will pay you everything yeah. out of their pocket, no cost to you." Mm. But of course, the <clears throat> as I said, he was getting five million a year, right? Right. But again, half of that was pretty much going to, um. Um, uh, the Colonel. Five million in the 1970s. The yeah, and the other half was, yeah, I'm sure Elvis was snorting it and, yeah. <laughs> right. and, and stuff. And then the Memphis Mafia were spending whatever was left, yeah. you know. So, as I said, he was spending it as much as, as quickly as he was making it yeah. at that point. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I get it. He was only 44 when he died, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, it was a sad day for, for the world. Man, okay. Well, good review, Rich. I like your review in depth. Um, you know, obviously, you can see I've got a movie in my head. You know what I'm saying? It's uh, not the movie in your head. <laughs> no. And I don't even understand why there's rap and stuff going on because people weren't rapping, as far as I'm aware, in the 70s, you know, and 60s and 50s and stuff. There was no rap. Um, I don't understand why there's rap. I, I just don't get it. Is there any, like, meetings? So I, I'm surprised that, like, it's a rainy night in Georgia. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised that there is no moment with Roy Orbison and Johnny Cash and Jerry Lee Lewis because they were all buddies right at the start in the tour van, you know? Um, no. As I said, they they pretty much only focus on Elvis and... Um, uh, like Little Richard and stuff. Uh, uh, yeah, and BB uh, King, Little Richard, and I can't remember the name. It's Mama something, and and all that. So it they only care about that. Okay, well, fair enough. I guess I guess you've got to pick a few moments, you know. No meeting with Sinatra. That's nope. a, that's a shame because that was a famous meeting of him and Sinatra on the Sinatra show when when he was just when he just I think when he just came out of the army. Um, yeah, well, that's why I said this is not a this is not an autobiography of <gasps> Elvis. This no. is an autobiography on the things that the colonel did. I wonder why they that went that route. That, like why that, that route? Uh, 
um, uh, Elvis's life. I just don't understand why they went that route. I just don't get that. You know, like well, maybe they felt that it hadn't. Maybe they felt that story hadn't been told. Hmm. Well, everyone knows the Colonel was shonky. I mean, everyone, every Elvis fan yeah, knows but that. My point, but I think, but no one's really. I don't think there's either been a movie or an autobiography that's really focused on that. Yeah, people get distracted by Elvis, rightly so. He's the star, you know. Mm. Yeah, the Colonel's in the shadows. And, really. and I think this is maybe just edge. Well, not when I say educate, but just to inform people. Yeah. Of just how how much of of a, a devious son of a bitch the uh, the colonel was oh yeah he was massive dude he was a fucking prick um do suspicious minds get her on suspicious man we can't yeah, yeah. go on together so here's my question well, sorry i meant to ask this question at the start when you hear that we can't go on together with suspicious minds is elvis singing that in the movie like the real elvis no i actually oh. think it's austin butler Really? Because that's so disappointing I, I, to me. Why? Why wouldn't they use Elvis? You know, and um, lip sync it. Well, it's very hard because there's probably. The, I would imagine that the footage and the audio they have bands. isn't super great from the seventies. Dude, I've got some great fucking footage from the Blu-rays. We can't. But, go I, but the music sounds. If it's if it's not done by Elvis, the music sounds fantastic though. Oh, okay. All right. Wow, I, I I'm still stunned by the rap stuff. I don't understand that. But so Elvis will be driving along in his car in like in his Cadillac in the '60s, and he puts on the music and it's rap. No, 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 no. He doesn't put on music. Mm. It's just the soundtrack. It's the background music. It's the mm. you know the, the I don't music like that it. plays in a movie or something when when something's like happening. I'm not no happy dialogue. with. I'm not happy with that at all. When you've got Elvis, you know, you, you what about Love Me Tender? Let me true. Is that they get a run? I think that gets a small brief, a small brief play that gets. Yeah, that we should get a run with Priscilla. Love me tender. Nope. Man, is it? Is this is not the movie that's in your. This is not the movie that's in your head. Buddy. Is there anything from the movie Kiss and Cousins, which I was always a big fan of? <laughs> nope. <laughs> there's about? nothing. There's no footage or scenes of the movies in in the. No, movie. but what even the guy playing as if he's in the movie? You know, like Jailhouse Rock. Yeah, I understand it's not nope. it's not footage, nope. but do they do like? Uh, surely there's like a montage of of the film stuff where he's nope. like, really? So they just skip all the film years, pretty much. Yeah. Wow, that's an odd decision. I'll tell you a good Elvis movie if you ever want to see a good Elvis movie. Change of Habit with Mary Tyler Moore and Elvis. Good movie, strong movie from Elvis. Uh, it, it's kind of. It's a drama um, with some a, a light drama. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 not cheesy cheesy like his other stuff. It's like it's one of the last movies he did before you know he went back to the studio. Because was he recording in the sixties? Like from the mid sixties to about sixty nine, was he actually recording, Rich? Uh, or did did he take a break from the studio for a few years while he was doing the movies? I'm not sure. There was like a period. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't really doing music. And as I said, and then he was doing like um, Christmas specials and um, gimmick uh -huh. albums and stuff and all that. And, and a lot of people just basically thought that was it. Elvis is done. Um, Elvis is done. And it was the, uh, it was that Christmas special he was supposed to do. Mm. 
that he turned into like a comeback thing, and that's what you're talking about—the black leather and yeah, the comeback special and yeah. all that. Yeah, so, yeah, cool. Yeah, well, that but was again not yeah. done with the. This was not that was not done with the colonel's approval. Really, the colonel wanted him to sing Christmas Christmas songs. Okay, right. So the colonel was an idiot, basically. <laughs> Sounds like. No, it's again. It's the colonel made deals, and and uh, and signed Elvis to shit, mm. and then tried to force Elvis to do it. And Elvis didn't want to do the Christmas stuff anymore, and so he approached these two guys that work on it who had done something else and said, "I want you to help me, um, you know, uh, do a comeback. I want to sing the music. You know, I want to sing the blues. I want to sing." Mm. The, the the stuff that that uh, that I grew up with that I love that that got me here basically and the colonel fought it all the way and even threatened if you don't sing that Christmas song then you're going to get sued and all that sort of stuff and that's when he sort of worked around and then almost like luckily in a sense for Elvis because I think from from the movie he was going to cave mm. and he was going to sing a Christmas song and that's when Bobby Kennedy was killed uh shot mm. and that's when elvis wrote that song which he played and then the executives mm. from <clears throat> nb i think was it nbc yeah i think it was uh they loved the song so much that they didn't care about the christmas yeah song so uh that was a bit of a luck i think for elvis in a sense i know it sounds weird that that's luck but um yeah yeah no i hear you. i think i think if 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 Bobby hadn't been shot and he hadn't, he hadn't wrote that song, I think to stop himself from being sued, he would have sung a Christmas song and then mm. that would have been the end of it. Then he, people would go, oh, no, Elvis is still shitty. There must be lights burning brighter somewhere. Great song, If I Can Dream. Because Can't Help Falling in Love get a run? No, I don't. I don't. What no, about don't, Return uh, to Sender? I'm not going to like, okay, Dave, this is, this is going to turn out to be a long show if you're going to literally just list every single other song and ask me if it was in there. All right. Well, I, as you can tell, I'm excited. I'm kind of fascinated and, and sort of weirdly kind of like, but you gave it a 6.5. And thank you for that in-depth review, though, Rich, because I, I know that I went into a lot of detail, but I was kind of loving the – Loving the stuff that you were bringing there. I, I, it's kind of I'm scared to watch it, man. But I've got to remind myself that Elvis, you know, he lived his life. You know, his legacy will live on regardless of what happens. The recordings well, are mean, still there. You know, put it this way: Elvis is definitely the 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 poor hero in this story. Like yeah. he's very rarely portrayed in a negative light in this movie. Good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, there's, there's one or two moments, but generally he comes off as like quite clean in this movie yeah well, even he's though, cool. let's be honest he wasn't he's a great man all right well we'll get off yeah topic. i mean yeah he's a he's a great man except for the cheating on his wife like repeatedly and all that sort of stuff but yeah oh well i mean jesus christ rich i mean let's not throw us under the bus here it was rock and roll man like you know and yeah he tried to you want to say he was a great musician i agree with you i kind of draw the line that he was a great man. I, I would call him the one of the world's greatest entertainers of all time ever yes and I will, I will completely agree with you there, one hundred percent. Good, yeah, I'm glad. And he was a great man. Um, now, no. <laughs> suspicious. <laughs> we can't go on together. If you start suspicious. singing, you're going to start spluttering and popping All right. Yeah. Well, um, I'm also reading the Hulk, Peter Davis, omnibus, Peter David omnibus, and I'm trying to get Peter David on the show. By the way, <gasps> would you like to see that, Rich? Would you talk to Peter David? 
Why not? Why, Why not? not? Why would I not? I'm going to bring up the taxes and I'm going to bring up the gypsy stuff deep in. I'm going to say to him, was the moment where you had to ask fans to pay your taxes a low point. I'm going to kind of do the Barbara Waters drop the mic in the middle. You know what I mean? And I'm just going to see like how he responds. Well, like, I, I, I very much doubt he's going to say it was a high point, Dave. <laughs> Remember when I said James and Mateus was at the alcohol? He goes, no, I'm not the alcohol, Dave. I was like, okay. <laughs> I was starting to paint my own picture, wasn't I? You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. you, you have your own inner <laughs> movies and monologues and, <laughs> and world. Was that where the drugs caught up? Or was it the drugs, Dave? <laughs> Running on empty. Um, yeah, man. Well, what a fucking what a! I'm so fucking hyped about Elvis at the moment. I can hardly think of anything else now. Peter David's Hulk omnibuses are awesome. Can I say that I've just finished the first one? Um, the fourth one's on the way, and they are going to do a fifth one, which is going to wrap up the mini series he did afterwards. But it is really good, Rich. I will say that. Like at first, he's picking up the threads of the prior writer, who I believe was John Byrne, but he finds his feet. When he ironically gets to Vegas as Joe Fixit, it's great stuff. I love it. I love Joe Fixit, man. Um, I think all the listeners know that. <laughs> Is it a bit of sarcasm I detect, Rich? <laughs> no, it's just a statement of fact. A statement of fact. I'm being very factual. Um, my Also, my Astro City met, Metro book came in, the first collection of Astro City. Um, uh, like a sort of oh, big, yeah. thick trade paperback. Yeah, I, I picked it up off Amazon. Now, Rich, what have you been reading? Have you been reading anything outside of the show notes before we move on? Uh, this week, no. No. Negatory. Negatory, Red Rider. Okay, fair enough. Well, that's a, that's a, that's an easy question. Um, we should bring in. I'm going to find some clips of Macho Man Randy Savage and put them in the sound bites every now and then. And Hulk Hogan, I'm coming for you. <laughs> What's his voice? You can do his voice better than me. Macho. Well, what, you, what you need to do is, any, anytime some of, one of us makes a good point, yeah, you put in the sound bite of Macho Man going, "Oh yeah." <laughs> <laughs> that was his catchphrase. He had a lot of catchphrases, but that was a good one. <laughs> What's a Slim Jim? Oh, yeah, the, 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 oh, yeah is, is, yeah, that's his, like, n- number one catchphrase. <laughs> Whenever someone says Macho Man, everyone always goes, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Hulk Hogan, I'm coming for you. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, also, more Ezra Miller allegations emerged, this time from abroad. Uh, Rich, um, I, I, I can't even keep up with this shit. It's just it, yeah. Shit, Would you? I mean, you've said before on the show that you don't agree with me when I said we potentially should execute him by a firing squad. You you were against that, if you recall. Uh, yeah, you uh, still, still am. <laughs> I was going to say he's still taking that position because I'm almost saying it's time to put Dog the Bounty Hunter on the case. If we can't find this guy, um, get someone out there. Um, they also love celebrating the stories with increasingly bizarre pictures of what Ezra Miller's wearing. Um, he's obviously, I mean, I know, you know, I mean, clearly he's hes a bit off the reservation just generally, but he's also got a very odd he's fashion a, sense, you know. Um, he's a, he's a into, He's into what? I said he's a bit demented. He's a, yeah, he's a bit demented, yeah. Um, so yeah. there's some stuff here about like he was spitting in people's faces, 
Um, a bartender who kicked Miller out that day said they'd previously been a regular. They 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 used they for him, you know. And anyway, he was frequently asked to stop lighting incense or candles or bringing in their own Bluetooth speaker and playing it super loud to overpower our music. I mean, why would you go to a bar and do that? You'd have to be such a prick. Um, Variety also spoke with a woman named Nadia who had a consensual sexual encounter with Miller in 2020 maintained a friendly texting relationship with them afterwards. Nadia says Miller surprised her with a visit in Berlin in February 2022 and their adventure quickly of their encounter quickly turned aggressive when she asked them not to smoke in her apartment. The situation escalated. In all honesty, reads like a conservative's anti-woke fever dream. When Nadia asked them to leave, she said Miller called her transphobic and a Nazi and argued about which of them had more relatives dying the Holocaust. Jesus. Um, Nadia also said Miller accused her of triggering them as a rape survivor and then accused her of assault. After she finally managed to expel Miller from the apartment, she said Miller accused Nadia of stealing their passport of money because they left their jacket behind. Um, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, there's it's just bullshit. Like, um, Total fucking nutbag. Yeah. He's a loose cannon, man. I mean, he, there, there's a movie there, though. You know, there, it feels like... Ezra Miller could play, could be the subject of a film and it would just be a train wreck. I'd call it Ezra Miller, train wreck yeah. to oblivion, you know? This Warner, is a- Warner Brothers is is just going like, what the fuck are we supposed to do? Because they're still saying like, oh, we're going to release the movie, but probably <laughs> deep down they're just like, will you please just fucking stop so this can, you know, because the longer it stays in the news, yeah. <laughs> you know, the the... the the harder it's going to be to release the movie. I think they just want everything to die down and kind mm. of be forgotten about a little bit. Yeah. Um, so they can release the movie. But he just every day, every week, mm. there's just more Ezra Miller fucking news. And they're Bullshit. probably just going, please just stop. Just die. Um, yeah, he's terrible, man. I mean, he's 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 awful. It just seems like this is this this is a guy with no control. Like the money and the drugs have just cooked his fevered brain into a position where I don't think there's any turning back now. I, I think we've, we, I think he's gone. You know what I'm saying? Like I think this guy has officially left the reservation, and there's no bringing him back. There's no rehabilitation. There's nothing. Oh yeah, I, I mean he he definitely thinks he's untouchable. I think like I think he thinks he's owed something or that he's he's a victim in everything. You know, right. as I said, like. As soon as someone calls him on something, then he's like, "Oh, you're a transphobe, or oh, you're the," and it's like, yeah. "You, you don't, you don't get to be the asshole." And he's a, he's play a fruit the transphobia loop. Card. He's a fruit loop. That's what he is, man. At the end of the day, this has got nothing to do with him being whatever he is, transgender or whatever, whatever he is, bisexual, whatever, whatever. However, he identifies with his sexual preference. I couldn't care less. He's just an out and out. Uh, out of control, loose cannon. Yeah, it, a, a and it seems like he may have mental problems. He's taken drugs. He's he's breaking laws. Well, I don't know why he hasn't been arrested. That's what I don't understand. Like, how many laws apparently, can one find him? Oh, dude, I swear you could find him. I swear to God, like a like a good skip tracer. Could oh no, find no, no! Him. I'm not saying I believe them. I'm just saying what they say. Yeah. Yeah, he's basically switched on incognito mode and he's just unfindable now. Yeah, what a fucking loser. Um, anyway, uh, also I've got a show to recommend, Alien Highway. Have you ever heard of this show, Rich? Alien Highway, it's a guy, no, no. former sheriff, 
and his law enforcement um, son and uh, this chick who's like into alien sightings and stuff and they're going around researching and checking out on UFO encounters in the United States and believe you me, uh, Michelle's mother taped it for me. It opened my eyes to what's going on. Alien highway. The amount of visitations that are happening in some areas of the United States is is absolutely amazing, Rich. And the wool has been pulled it's over almost, your eyes. Hey Dave, I would dare say it's almost unbelievable. <laughs> well, dude, watch the show and, and look at the evidence. And you start to and what I like about this guy is he is unafraid. He is the guy asking the questions, um, really getting into a lot of detail. And there's far better science fiction shows to watch. Alien Highway, and then I put it on. Um, I put it on uh, Facebook. I said, "Alien Highway is where it's at." And Adam, the computer, made an amusing comment. He said, "You might like to check out this documentary." And he put a picture of ET, <laughs> <laughs> which was actually well played by Adam, the computer. <laughs> but I tell you what, man, it's really opened my eyes, and, and I'm on this twenty four seven now. I'm on this twenty four seven now. From now on, Rich. I have realised it's too long. Have you been fed? Uh, the, it's, a waste the, of, it's a waste of life, but okay. You've too long. You've been fed the narrative they want you to hear, which is that we haven't had contact. Not only have we had contact, we're continuing to have it. Rich, it is intense. The, this guy was talking about transdimensional portals, which could be one of the reasons why the ships vanish so quickly. Like there could be a portal around Earth, man. Like seriously, think about it, dude. Like a wormhole situation. Yeah, man. Um, there was there, there was there were sightings in the show, man. Like I'm serious. Like there are areas in the United States. Hey, I know you're serious, Dave. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, That's what makes it even funnier to me. I'm sorry. I'm loving it, dude. Serious. I'm loving it, man. Like, and this show has opened my eyes. It's opened my eyes now, and I've realised it's all up for grabs now. Everything's up yeah, for grabs. I think I think what you're suffering from, Dave, is confirmation bias. <laughs> really? <laughs> Anyone that just confirms your bias, you go, ah, see, I was right. They agree with me. Yes, they agree with me. That means I'm right. And it's like, dude, I saw okay. the footage. I saw the footage in the show. I saw. Oh the footage my god, in the show. you saw the footage. Yeah. I'll tell you this, Dave. Yeah. How about mm-hmm. you? You come to me with an actual alien <laughs> or an abduction story that you have you've experienced yourself. I saw the lights on the right. You, I, saw, I saw the lights on the right. You, you have seen yourself, and maybe I'll buy some credence. Okay, well, that. but fine. until it happens to you, okay, Dave, rewind the I'm, tape. Rewind uh, the tape back to 1997. I, I'm leaving. No, Dave, stop, 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 stop. You have no proof of that. Okay, I'm listen, you to provide. Okay. Not a story. I'm just going to tell you proof. what I experienced. Roll the tape back to 1997. I'm leaving a friend's house, slightly stoned. Okay, and <laughs> I, okay. So, no, the after effects of the after effects of. Okay. I, sure. I, I hop in the car. I, I'm driving home. I see blue lights coming across me as I'm crossing the bridge. As I'm coming closer and closer to my house, is like 20 minute, 25 minutes drive. Mostly down the highway. As I'm going on the highway, it's late at night. Like it's it's past midnight. You know, um, Tasmania. Driving down the road, the the blue lights are getting more and more intense. Going over me, I have no idea what these blue lights are, Richard. And and they weren't small. They were it was it was large blue lights. And I was like, what is that? You know what I'm saying? Like, 
And I was kind of like a bit started. I was thinking, man, I, I in my mind, I was like, if I get to the end of this, I could actually reach where these blue lights are. This could be a contact. Um, earlier that night, we'd watched Casino, and I'd gotten really stoned during Casino. I, obviously, I'd seen it before. And I was I was seeing things in that film that I thought were sort of like linking, you know, to an otherworldly experience. Um, and then I was connecting it to this blue light. I'm thinking, man, this could be it. This could be the encounter. It could all have just been a mirage leading to this point. And I was kind of saddened when I got to home and I was like, man, I don't know what where to go to track these lights down. And now that I'm thinking of it, I'm thinking the only thing I can think of other than sort of an alien thing is could it have been uh aircraft but it was it was long man like it, it wasn't like it lasted for seconds it went for it went for like you know five to ten minutes of blue lights going across the top of me and i mean it was it really happened i wasn't seeing things i don't have an explanation for any of it um has anything like that ever been reported to you or have you heard that kind of stuff only from you. Yeah. Well, it happened, man. Also on the same road, that time I was driving along and I saw that woman in white. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. And uh, again, slightly stoned. So that so that road gets alien encounters and No, no not on the same road. Not on the same road. road. No, no. It was on the same. No, different. The alien, the alien blue lights happen on the highway. Okay. I was on the highway going home. Where I saw the woman in white was after the turnoff, you know, so later on, basically. Um, and I saw that woman. I Again, it was late at night. It would have been like 12 to 1 a.m., you know, and then I turned the car around on instinct and, you know, went up the road like the other person away. She was not there. I'm not kidding. And... Do do these do these two incidents do they have one thing in common that there was a bit of puffy puffy happening before it? Yes, both. But but both <laughs> times I was sobered up completely by the time I drove home. So I wasn't like driving or, home. Yeah. Or maybe you weren't. Maybe okay. You what about this time? Nothing like that. I'm in bed sleeping. I woke up. It, this is in Hobart, and there was a girl there holding my hand sleeping on the bed beside me. I realised that it was like a ghost experience. I got up, made myself a coffee. My dad was out there. I was completely awake. What about that? There you go. That's a supernatural experience you, for you. you. You were sleeping. And I woke up and my hand was there and, and this girl was like, you know, beside me on the bed, kind of like holding my hand. I lay there for a moment. And then I got up, made myself a coffee. My dad was just, you know, because my dad went to work early because he was a truck driver. And, um, yeah, and so there was that. So there you go. There's another experience. And you don't, and you don't think that there was an overlap of maybe you dreaming and waking up? Well, I, I woke up. I got up, dude. I got up and made myself a coffee. I was awake. That's it. I'm telling you, man. Yeah. There's more to life than you realize, dude. It is really not, sadly. <laughs> well, anyway, they're, they're, they're my experiences of those kind of things. Now, um, obviously, I, I checked out Sleepaway Camp, by the way, your recommendation. Quite enjoyable, bizarre ending. 
a quite enjoyable, funny movie. Actually, had some had some good comedy yeah. beats. Had some good comedy beats. I I did enjoy it. Actually, I must admit, it's I, a it's a bit of an oddball one. Yes, that, yeah. Uh, but the, the ending is why I reckon. Yeah, it's a wild ending, man. Um, but yeah, a hell of a lot of fun. And as you say, golden age uh, for the eighties. The slasher movies, I love it. And so I watched. Um, after that, I watched Prom Night as well. I downloaded Prom Ooh. Night, which was fun. Another good one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, if you want another recommendation, Night of the Demons. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. Okay. 80s as well? Mm-hmm. All my recommendations will be 80s. <laughs> okay. No, that's cool. Yeah. All right. Night of the Demons. I'll I'll, I'll note that one down, man. Like, it's uh, definitely, uh, definitely a thing. Now, did you read this thing about... Um, uh, Kevin Feige confirmed that John Krasansky as Reed Richards was purely because of fan demand. It was literally fan service. Um, yeah, I saw a lot of people saying that um, Kevin Feige did that to show people um, what a bad idea it was. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, so a lot of people actually didn't like John Krasinski as uh, Mr. Fantastic, apparently, Reed Richards. Um, uh, there was quite a few people that... Um, uh, it's it's not what they thought it was going to be or whatever. I think it's a bit unfair because, I mean, mm. it's not like he is in the whole movie or anything like that. But I think a lot of the people, or maybe not a lot, I don't know, maybe just the vocal online mm. seem to, they've been turned off of him being Reed Richards. Really? So there's been a backlash on the fan service. Mm. And uh, so some people yeah. are, are, are speculating that uh, Kevin Feige, the reason that he did it was to that they jokingly say just to show people how bad it would be but he i think he also maybe just did it to see maybe what reactions would be and all that yeah test the waters kind of thing maybe maybe i I thought he was very bland i thought he was extremely bland as reed richards uh yeah but again that pretty much the dialogue he was given i mean he did he's he's been brought on he's been given the script and that's all he got to do in the thing. So, you know. Yeah, true. They tried to play. I think they, they, I think probably the instruction to him was to, like, we need you to act like a disappointed father. Mm. Um, and that's what he did. Um, and I think maybe that's also maybe what turned people off is maybe they just didn't want this, like, oh, I'm so disappointed in you, Stephen, sort of Reed Richards kind yeah. of. I don't know. I don't know. No, I hear you, man. It was, yeah. I mean, it wasn't the world's greatest uh, script that he was handed by any means. Like, what's the guy from? Is he from the American office, the US office? Yes. Right, yeah. I knew I knew him from something. Yeah, okay, right. And he's got a beard. He, uh, yeah. he was also in the, he was, he's in the, the Amazon Jack Ryan show. Um, oh, right. I've never watched series. it. Is he Jack and, Ryan? Yes. Uh-huh. And he's also, he was in that movie. I think it was called 13 Hours, okay. the Benghazi thing. Oh, I've seen that. Okay, yeah, all right. Yeah, okay, that was a good movie. I enjoyed that movie. Um, I don't really remember him being in it, but yeah, okay, cool. Okay, so he's, he's, he's the main guy in it. He's the guy with the beard. Yeah, no, I know. I, what I mean is I don't remember the movie very well. Um, I remember I enjoyed it, though. Oh, and of course, he, the movie that he, I think, wrote and directed with his wife, which was the- Quiet Place? The Be Quiet movie. Yeah, 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 yeah that yeah. was it. Right, okay. Have you seen that? No. No, I've not seen it either. He wrote it with Emily Blunt. Is Emily Blunt his wife? Am I right? Yes. Right, okay. Okay, all right, okay. Now I'm starting to put the pieces together. Yeah, I knew him from the American office. I knew I knew him from something. I'm just like, what do I know this guy from? And it's because, yeah, he's got the beard now. The beard's part, a big part of his look. 
Um, Top mm. Gun Maverick uh, soared past $1 billion over the weekend, making it the first movie of the year to reach that milestone and the first Tom Cruise movie to hit a billion. Um, so what a, mm. what a success for well, Tom I mean, Cruise. To be fair, it's, it, it's, not, it's not easy to hit a billion. No, it's not at all. Um, no, not at all. Definitely not. Um, I mean, inflation but, helps. Uh, you know what? But I yeah. But can I? Can I? But also, uh, can I just? I think this shows you that what what people are hungry for. Um, Tom, Tom Cruise action. In, 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 no, not not necessarily Tom Cruise, but just a mm. good fun action movie. You know what I mean? That just entertains you. Like sure. Because I think people have obviously clearly seen that movie multiple times. Like. I think lots of people are, have probably watched that movie two or three times just because they had so much fun with it. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, even I've been going, you know what? I think I want to go watch it again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like before it leaves the leaves the cinema, I'm, I'm contemplating to go watch again. And I think a lot of people have had two, three viewings of it. And it's yeah. just because it's just, it's just a fun movie, man. It's yeah. just an enjoyable, entertaining movie. And I think that, I think people, are saying this is what we want. We just if you give us something like this, which you haven't given us that many, yeah, yeah, we'll come and watch it and and we'll watch it maybe even multiple times. So you know, yeah, man, for sure. Now, this will be interesting because uh, I'll be interested to see if this um, if this is also because again because it's Tom Cruise. Yeah, I'm curious to see how many people are going to go watch the new Fallout movie. Oh, not Fallout, the new um, Mission Impossible movie. A lot. Um, I mean, they're they're um they're very yeah. they're very popular movies. The Mission Impossible's. Yeah, but I mean, this has done better than Fallout because I mean, the Mission Impossible movies, especially the last three, have gotten better and better, and each one I think has made a bit more money. But I I think after the success of this, yeah, and and just the fun and the people will associate now Tom Cruise with like the best movie of this year, pretty much. You know what I mean? The, yeah. When I say best, I mean the most enjoyable movie of this year. And I think they'll go watch the new Mission Impossible movie. And I think that movie may even have a potential, um, as long as it's good and fun. Well, if you look at the um, last the last three Mission Impossibles, I think literally every single one of them has has bettered the previous one. They've all been hits, you know. Yes, so I but think I'm saying that, I think this, yeah. I think the Top Gun will even help the next. Oh, it will, it will. Yeah, Mission Impossible on top of that. Success breeds success, basically. Mm. And there's a and like people like Tom Cruise, he's got a lot of momentum off this. No, it's definitely going to help. Um, the Mission Impossible producers will be loving this because it, it, they'll be, mm. yeah, because and and they're coming off a string of hits as well. So it's like it's not like people have abandoned the franchise. Then you get adding people who are like, yeah, man, Tom Cruise has still got it. You know what I mean? That kind of like mm. logic. No, it'll definitely help the Mission Impossible film for sure, hundred percent. And so it should. They've been good movies. Um, you know, I really enjoy it. I'm um seeing uh, Thor: Love and Thunder next week. Michelle got tickets. Um. So I'm seeing that next weekend. Uh, so I won't have a review by next show, but I will. Uh, I'm seeing it on the weekend. I'm seeing it next Saturday night. And by the way, next week I'm interviewing Ed Greenwood. By the way, Rich, um, as well for the show. You know, the, the creator of the Forgotten Realms. Oh yes, very nice. Yeah. So that's that's going to be. I'm not. I haven't sorted out the exact time. But it will be on Saturday, so it might be Saturday morning. It might be, you know, probably no. It'll probably be late, late Saturday night. It's like as in late, late, like you know, midnight ish. Mm. But I've got to sort out the exact time. But yeah, so it's going to be. So there's a few things coming up. Um, there's a few things coming up definitely in terms of signal stuff that I'm looking forward to. But yeah, definitely, you, you love that that Maverick, didn't you? You were a big fan. Oh yeah, I mean, I know probably this is a joke that I'm very hard to please, but mm. 
just give me a good movie and I'm happy. Like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, down for sure. Um, now, okay, so here's a bit of science for you, Rich. Did you, are you aware of this? Scientists are already preparing a black box for the end of the world. If humanity were to collapse, researchers decided that building a gigantic impenetrable box set to record scientific data to help future civilizations gain insight into how humankind fell is the best way to do it. It's going to be located in Tasmania, yeah. Australia. Yeah, that's not going to work. What do you mean? They're building a fucking massive box, dude, and it's going to yeah. have the history uh, of the world, yeah. man, in it. Wow, yeah, because the, we've learned so much from our history already and we haven't we have. repeated the same mistakes of, of the past, have we? Oh, yes, that's right, we keep doing it. <laughs> well, we haven't fallen completely yet, man. Like, we haven't fallen fully. It doesn't matter. We, we humans, we, 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 know, we won't fix that in us. I'm sorry. Like the, yeah, but it's for the future. No, it's, no it's for the future civilizations or interplanetary people who, who study us. You know, look back at the legacy. So, who has, so if this is impenetrable, who gets access to it? How do they get access to it? Maybe a massive laser or something. I don't know. That's a good question, actually. Maybe yeah, because when civilization falls, they'll know how to build a laser. <laughs> no, it's another civilization, dude. It's 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 like a you're you're thinking too small, my friend. It's it's like an alien coming, like in Prometheus. Where they land and they look at the box and like, how can we get in the box? This big box that's sitting in the middle of a field, blah blah blah, that kind of shit, you know. And then, I mean, that kind of stupid shit. In the final days, man. In the final days, when people have the rifles and the law and orders fallen down, I'm sure some of these scientists will decide we're going to go and live in the box. And I'm then, so glad yeah. this is the shit that my taxman is paying for. Well, it's it's I don't know how it's funded, man. I'm not sure how it's funded, but there's there's something going on, man, in Tasmania. Whatever. Real end of the world. Real end of the world. Will we see it in our lifetime, Rich, the end of the world? Do you think we'll see the collapse? No. Well, no. Not 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 the not the collapse of the human civilization. Mm, disappointing. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, there's part of me that's kind of like, bring it on. <laughs> Yeah. There's a little part of very, me. A very weird part of you that really <laughs> don't. I don't think there's a problem where I think you don't actually think of consequences and what it will actually be like. You have this, you've got this romantic Mad Max, yeah, um, bring it on notion in your head that, that you will be Mad Max in that situation. But, um, what are you yeah. saying? I'm gonna be one of the innocent bystanders just gunned down or something like, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. Collateral damage. Um, yeah. I'm just curious, Dave. Like, how much uh, how much training have you done with prepping and survival and all that? Have you done not, a lot? Not Are enough. You up to date with that stuff? Not enough, man. <laughs> not enough. I, I should yeah. do if more. If that happens tomorrow, Dave, I hate to break it to you, but you're fucked. I'm also worried about my bad back because I like to get my weekly massage, and I'm I'm yeah. worried that the masseuse, you know, might collapse. Um, I'm kind of hoping we can hang on. What, I, what I'm hoping for is kind of a Fort Hornsby kind of vibe. You know what I'm saying? Like we got to get guns around the suburb. We have got to get the sheriffs in. We got to we got to hold on to what law and order we got left. And where do we get these guns from, Dave? The local gun shop. Local gun shop. Exist. The cops. You know, if the cops start deputizing people, I'd love to be deputized. <laughs> go out there, you know, go out there and 
And you know, I've got a bad uh, back. I've got a bad back and hip and knee, but I could still patrol around just, for a few. I hours. love that, like that, 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 that. The end of the world is just one big movie to you that you think you can dictate <laughs> how it's going to go. <laughs> I could directly go. Now this must happen, and now that must happen. And <laughs> no, no, no! I'm the hero of the story. You can't do that. Like exactly, man. Yeah, no way it come again. Everyone's the hero of their own story, my friend. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, it's going to be great, man. Like, like it's going to be fucking wicked, dude. Like, it might happen, man. The Chinese may invade, and it may, it's on, then it's on for young and old, my friend. You know, Russian hacking. Russian hacking, dude. Collapse the economy. The war on the Ukraine. How, that's blamed for everything under the sun now. I, I blamed it for the delay in my wedding recently. I said the war in the Ukraine. <laughs> Someone asked me, what's the last? I said, the war in the Ukraine. I don't know. <laughs> you imagine, like, your wife's like, why haven't you cut the backyard? Because Putin invaded Ukraine. That's why. I, it's it's Russia's fault. I can't get to the yard. Yeah, exactly, man. Like, yeah, there's a lot going on in this world. Now, moving on from the end of collapse of civilization, um, $15,000 later, a Diablo Immortal player finally has his legendary gem and he thanked Blizzard for this authentic Diablo experience. What a fucking pussy. Like, this dumb he then, prick. He then apparently, he then destroyed the gem as well. Explain what's going on, Rich, because I'm confused. <laughs> oh, man, I have no fucking The idea. gem is it a real thing? Diablo Immortal. No, it's an in-game thing. Diablo Immortal is a mobile game. So it's bullshit already, yeah. That, yeah, that you basically, it's pay to win. It's it's pay to pay to play, which I hate. Which I hate, you know personally. Um, you know, you hate so, that as well, don't you, Rich? You've gone off about this before. This kind of game, yeah. Uh look, uh, I don't really have an issue with mobile games doing it because mm -hmm. one, they free. Um, I do think that uh, they've gone too far like yeah. i've got no problems with you saying listen this is a free game you can download and you can play it uh -huh. but you know we we, we do want to make some money so we're going to offer you these you know these packs and stuff and you know buy these gems will make your life a little bit easier i've got no problems with that hmm. the is that they basically they build the game around uh screwing you and like gouging you uh-huh like, there's no value. Here's the thing. If what you were offering had some value yeah. where I could say, okay, if I drop $10 here, I get this, and that's a good value, you know, and that will speed me up maybe leveling this character or, or gearing this character or something, I can go, you know what, is that 10 bucks? Uh, uh, is that valuable to me for the time? Yeah. But when they're like, oh, no, you've got to spend like $1,000 if you mm. want to be able to... You know, you got to buy this pack and that pack, and like that's when I have an issue with you, mon like monetizing your game to the point where what you're selling is, is to me, is not valuable. Yeah, like I'm like I don't want to spend fifteen thousand dollars like to uh, expedite, but I don't. But the problem with the mobile games as well is that they make everything slow. Yeah, do you know what I mean? They lock you behind stuff and all that, which I, I have an issue with that because I'm like. I understand it. Like it's free game, and you've got to put some limitations on me. But to you, you almost shackle a player to the point where you you've put so much weights on them. Yeah. That that the whole experience is slow, and they do that on purpose to make you go, "Oh fuck no! I just want to get this. I'm just going to spend the money." I get it. 
Um, I don't. I, I'm, 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 thankfully, I'm one of those people where if I'm playing a mobile game, it's just because at the moment I'm bored. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and I'm on a train or I'm standing waiting for someone or something like that. I do not play it like an actual game. That's what my consoles are for. That's what my PC is for. Yeah. If I want to play a game, I'll, I'll spend my 40 bucks or my 60 bucks or whatever, and I'll buy a game and I'll play it. The mobile game is just for those moments when I'm bored in between stuff, you know, like on a lunch break or waiting by the bus or whatever, whatever, then I'll play the mobile game. So I'm not really fussed that I'm not making much progress because it's just entertained me for a little bit of time, but it is, it's, it's gotten to the point where it is, it's diabolical. It's it's really diabolical. Yeah, Yeah. 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 Like, I mean, yeah, it's the the grind and the gouging is just so fucking deep in this one. I think personally, yeah. You know? And and get, don't get me wrong, I I know the grind. You know the grind. Yeah, yeah. Right. I've played MMOs. I'm no stranger to the grind. You've played Assassin's Creed game. You're yeah, no yeah, stranger yeah. To the grind. No, but it's the gouging that I find but particularly bad. With, yeah, yeah. But the problem with these mobile games is that they purposely slow the they slow your progress. Uh-huh. So that the grind takes even longer. Yeah. And then they offer you like this, like, oh, here's a pack and whatever. But the pack is so overpriced. Yeah. Where you're like, wait, what the fuck? You want me to spend like 30 bucks yeah. and I, I barely get anything. You know what I mean? Like I spend it and I still can't level up a character because I'm just a bit short. It's like, no, that's that's not value for money. Like, you yeah, know, I understand I, you want to make money. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm a capitalist, mate. You want to make money? You want to make money. What I have an issue with is is not your stuff not being valuable yeah i agree i agree yeah valuable it's egregious it's egregious it's an egregious and and this guy's a fucking idiot for spending 15k to get this gem which as you said for some reason he destroyed you you think that like there's people who have spent hundreds of thousand dollars on really really they call it so there's there's uh there's terminology for players uh with the mobile market right there's um the free to play the free play players who don't spend any money yeah there's what they call the dolphins Uh now these are people who spend a little bit of money maybe every now and again yeah you know on maybe some pack that they is on special or they think is valuable whatever then they've got what they call the whales and the whales will spend shitloads quietly you know, bah, but there's a level above that, and they call the Krakens. <laughs> the Krakens. And the Krakens are the people that will spend, like, like thousands upon thousands of dollars on a mobile game. Like, wow. literally thousands, man. Like, $15,000. In Australia, you can get a used car for, mm-hmm. for, for that price and, and have a bit of money. In fact, you're quite close. You're only about maybe three grand off from a brand new car. Right. Yeah. So... The, the fact that you spend that much money when you could have bought a fucking car or, you know, uh, put that in towards your deposit on a house or something, I just think is absolutely ludicrous to me. Well, I mean, I don't know where these people are getting their money from. Could it be? I'm going to put this out there. Could well, it be? Well, they don't spend it all in one go. Uh-huh. You know, it's maybe weekly or or fortnightly or something like that. Like, uh, there may be someone who's got that much cash and can drop it in one go. That's your Kraken. Your Kraken can literally spend, like, is, is there a chance that any of it's money laundering? Could could they be washing their money? But I guess Mm-mm. the money is going no, to individual purchases. Yeah, so exactly. Money. Yeah, yeah, right. And it's yeah, okay. So it's not like at a casino. Yeah, okay. It's, it's weird. It actually takes physical money and, and launders it and and stuff and all that. It's digital money, so it doesn't exist. 
So it's just cashed up kids and sort of man babies, basically, you know, with cash, either their parents' cash or their own cash. I imagine. Don't some- think it'd be parents' cash. I'm, I'm hoping parents are a lot smarter than. Well, I mean, there, there might be the there might be the example of the really overprivileged, like you know, kid who's just you know. No, I don't think it's overprivileged. It's 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 like gambling. Yeah. So right, you know, uh, people who gamble and spend a lot of money don't necessarily have a lot of money, and no. that's how they get themselves into situations where they've spent more money than they than they have. And yeah, they, they can definitely run run it run into debt like gamblers. Um, it's called FOMO. It's this right. thing of like fear of missing out. You know yeah. what I mean? Because what these games do is they're always creating new things, new things, new things. And so you always feel like you're falling behind. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So there's the, the game that I play is called Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, right? Uh-huh. It's the mobile game that I have on my phone. I've been playing it for a couple of years. Again, I haven't spent any money on it. Uh-huh. But again, it's just the... Uh, I collect my favorite Star Wars characters and all that. But they always add in new content, right? Yeah. Because your grind is so slow. And they've got like PvP and all that sort of stuff in it. Um, you always fear that you're behind, and yeah. so, so some people, it's their brain where they will make the purchase. They'll probably regret it afterwards. Yeah, do you know what I mean? But then sometimes you know they go, "Oh my god, yeah, I've spent all this money. Oh, but now my characters are all leveled up, and and now you know, and now I can sure. work on the new ones. I'm going to spend more money and more." And a lot it's, of games are like that. Hey, yeah. They get, they get psychologists to design the shit, right? Right. They yeah. get yeah. there's people who 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 have who have taken psychology degrees and all that sort of shit that work on these things yeah. for these companies. Yeah. On how or affect people's brains, how to elicit certain responses. Not from everyone, because you don't need everyone. You just needed to work on some people. Yeah. And yeah. you'll make money. You know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. You'd you targeting know? the sort of like, uh, from a business angle. Yeah. From a business angle, I get it. Like it's a, it, you know, and if you've got them at the, it's kind of like a casino. If you've got them at the table, you know, you know, like you just keep them at the yeah, table well, I mean, and they keep spending. Yeah. You know, well, that's why casinos don't have windows. Yeah, right. Casinos don't have windows, and it's all artificial light because they don't want you to know how much time has passed. Mm. They want you to just keep sitting there and not realize that you've been probably sitting there for like. Five hours, six hours, just continuously spending money and betting and gambling before you say, "What the fuck? I've been here for like ten hours and I've got no money left." Like the they, they all this stuff is designed yes. to affect people's brains. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's very true. Well, I mean, yeah, this guy, yeah, like it's crazy. It's it's like a cult, and I mean, we've all played games in Assassin's Creed. Yeah, you, I know the the feeling. Like it's a lesser version. But there is shit you could buy if you wanted to with real money. Oh like, yeah. Now and, and that's yeah. the, I hate I hate that that is getting into paid games. Yeah. As I said, I'm willing to give mobile games some leeway with that business model because yeah. it's a free game, right? Yeah. You made the game, you're offering it for free download, mm. and you're saying to people, "Hey, yeah, technically you can play for free, mm. but we do want to make money." But when you buy a game. And they're like, oh, hey, you want to buy some XP boost? Oh, you want to make, you know, you're a little bit easier in our game spend? Then you're like, what the fuck are you doing? I paid money for this game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you know? but, I, but I think their philosophy is personally that um, it's kind of it's like uh, we've got, you know, we've got them. And if they're the super fan then they go, they're, they're, then they're going to fall into the same yeah. trap in the mobile game because but we're targeting a small percentage 
But there is a in Assassin's Creed, there would be like let's say it's five percent. There'd be five percent of Assassin's Creed players who are really, really fucking badly hooked. And to them, it's the same psychology as in the mobile games. And so they're t- they know that like ninety five percent won't spend any more money if it's not a proper DLC, but there is always going to be 5%, you know? No, no, there's actually more than 5% because here's the thing, and this is why I say they have psychologists, they know their market. Mm. It's not kids playing games, mate. It's older people. Yeah, sure, with income. It's basically people, late 20s, late 20s to 40, basically. That's your, that's in core gaming demographic, especially on like consoles and PC games, right? Yeah. And they know that they don't have time. Mm. right mm. they know they work they maybe they've got kids and they'll be like oh man i just want to you know again i just want to hit that level i just want to finish the game so i'll pay the money yeah to expedite because i just don't have the time yeah. to to sit there and do it and again it's all done there's a reason behind everything and again this is why people don't understand i love the people like when elden ring came on right Everyone loved that game. Everyone was raving about it. And there were some people like, oh, my God, I can't believe this game looks uglier than, like, you know, next-gen games. And it's like, no, you're fucking missing the point, you dipshit. You bought the game, and that was it. No DLC. No microtransactions. No, you know, nickel and fucking dime in you. Here's the game. You paid for it. Fucking play it. That's all you have to do. Yeah. That's what people loved about it. It was a great experience. It's a great game as well. Don't get me wrong. But it was, it, it, it had none of that bullshit. And that, I think, influenced a lot of people to love the game even more because it was just, here you go, you spent your money, there's the game, there's the experience, have at it. But that was, yeah, that was how it was back in the, like, dude, uh, I know you're a bit younger than me, but do you remember a game on Commodore 64 called Last Ninja? It was awesome. Um, oh, jeez, there's so many ninja games from those yeah, days. Yeah, it was man. great. Uh, but what I'm saying is it was great, but it was just the the game. You know what I mean? Like there was no buying of anything once you had the disc. There was no extra. There was just it. You know, it was like, I don't know. And that's a lot of games. Like, but this is a recent thing that they've tried to bring in. I think it's been going on for the last 15 years. They've slowly tried to make it that you can, it started with downloads, uh, you know, what I, you know, downloadable content or content, extra content that you could buy, like in store. And then they started to get well, savvy and say, well, you can buy the Battle Axe plus 20, you know, kind of thing. Look, a lot of people um, a lot of people like to blame Bethesda um, because of that horse armor DLC shit. Right. They were like, oh, this is what started the whole microtransaction thing. And it's like, no, because then people scoffed at it already. Yeah. Right. The, the reason my microtransactions became popular in console gaming is because of ea and fifa yes yes yeah i would so say EA FIFA, fifa is really yeah yeah yes. FIFA, when they started introducing the card packs yes yes and they realized how much millions of fucking dollars they made doing that exactly that's when that's when the 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 micro drinks uh, started it wasn't bethesda's horse armor dlc from oblivion no you know um you know people scoffed at that and actually, very few people, I think, actually bought it. FIFA, um, FIFA, FIFA really, FIFA really ramped that up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and ever since then, that's why EA turned around and they tried to do that with every game: Battlefront, Battlefront, yeah. uh, the the other games, the the baseball, like any game that EA made, they were like, it has to have microtransaction. It has to have, you know, there's got to be something because all these games need to make millions of dollars in after sale purchases and all that. EA started the whole, and because it was successful. 
all the other companies tried to follow suit. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's capitalism, man. That's what happens. You know, I'm sorry. That's the market. I'm not saying I agree with it, but... No, here's the thing. I, I understand it's capitalism, but as I said, capitalists don't have the power. The mm. consumer does. That's true. They can offer the packs. They can do it. Yeah. Just don't buy it. Oh, yeah, totally. You need to have, but that's right, you need but to have the, control because guess what? If you don't buy it, they'll stop doing it. 100%. But if you buy it, you're showing them there's people that will buy it. If if yeah. all the consumers stood up and said, fuck you, we're not buying your microtransactions, we're just going to buy your game and play it, mm. you're not going to get another dime from us, then they wouldn't do it. The second, They'd have to come up with some other the, the, fucking the second, the second they stop making significant profit off it, there's a second they'll change it. Until then, they'll squeeze it dry. Of course they will. You know? Exactly. So I, I, that's why people go, oh, it's capital, it's capital. It's like, yeah, but you don't have to buy it. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. You are, you're enabling them. It's 100%. Like, capitalism is always about making money, but you, that's the thing. For some reason, people have forgotten that consumers have the power. Mm. If you don't want it, then don't buy it. And when you don't buy it, they're going to say, whoa, 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 whoa. What happened to all the money? Well, we that's need like to everything. That's everything. That's not just that. Like, I mean, it's like... Any, any no, problem, no, but I'm just yeah. using that as an example of yeah. the power is in our hands. True. As the gamers, as the consumers, if we just stop buying the bloody, if we stop giving into that FOMO bullshit, mm. if we stop giving into that, like, oh my God, I gotta have it, I gotta have it, yeah. then they wouldn't do it. Oh, well, don't worry about it too much, man. I mean, you're not spending money, I'm not spending money. Like, let these losers spend all their fucking money. I don't care. No, but, it, no, but here's the problem it affects the <sighs> games because they design the games. True. Around that, that, that which does affect, which can affect my enjoyment of a game. That's true, Reg. because I'm not getting the full experience. So you're going on a rampage. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Hulk Hogan, I'm coming for you. Um, yeah, Randa, Randy Savage, Macho Man, Randy Savage. What, what a legend. Um, yeah, no, you've made some great points, Rich. Um, now. X-Men First Class Director Matthew Vaughn uh, also did the, I want to say, did he do Kick-Ass and he did the Kingsman stuff? It's ready to return to the X-Men franchise, but only if he can take a crack at a new Logan. Here's his quote. There's only one that I didn't get to play with properly and would have loved to. Hugh Jackman was so good, he did such a good job doing it. But to cast the young Wolverine in the reboot, that would be fun, I think. And we could go in, into such a different direction where Hugh took it as well. I think Hugh knocked it out of the park. But I think out of all the... Um, X-Men, that's the character that, weirdly, I don't know why I get drawn to. Yeah, Wolverine. I mean, yeah, that's a good um, No, uh, he need, he clearly doesn't understand Wolverine, so he needs to stay far away from Wolverine. What do you mean? He's saying that's the character that he's drawn to. No, like, he wants a young Wolverine. You can't have a young Wolverine because Wolverine's born in the 1600s. Is it the 1600s? No, it's, it's, like no. The, it's like the late 1800s. Okay, 1800s still yeah. makes him fucking... It should have been the 1600s. That still makes him like 300 years old. Yeah, it, it should have been the 1600s. You're right, Rich. Yeah. Uh, but in but stupid origin... Is you can't have a young... You cannot have a, like a young Wolverine. You can't have a teenage Wolverine because he's hundreds of years old. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, but they will. Actually, he doesn't know that. He doesn't understand that. He they will, though. Make a they, teenage Wolverine. they will, though, man, I'm sure. Do a younger version so they can get a longer run with the character. That's why they'll do it. You know, I'm not saying they'll, yeah. they won't get a Tom Holland young, but I don't know, Hugh Jackman I, when he started was probably only about 30. When he when he started, I don't think Hugh Jackman was much older than 30 when he got. Let's I'll type it I'm, into Google. I, I'm going to say something, and people can have a crack at me. I don't really care. I don't actually like X Men First Class that much. 
much. Well, I, actually don't, I mean, I, I don't, don't know why you're on this show. I don't know why we're friends. Uh, a lot of your decisions have been called into question um, with this comment. I mean, ex- explain yourself because I fucking love that movie, Richard. What well, well, don't you like about X-Men First Class? Really? <laughs> um, that it doesn't have the proper X-Men in it. <laughs> like, what do you mean? They have Havoc in it. And, and you know. Um, it's got Cyclops, doesn't it? doesn't have Cyclops. No, Cyclops isn't in First Class, mate. When oh, they went back to the. Shit, what was it, the 70s or the 60s? And that was no, Days of Future Past. That was Days of Future Past. No, 70s. mate. First 70s. Class. Was set in the First 60s. Class was the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yeah, it was set in the 60s, 63. That's the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yeah, and I'm just, again, an X-Men movie where it's not Cyclops, yeah. Jean Grey, yeah. Beast, like where you're taking these... What's the fucking... I don't even know the names of most of the characters in that fucking thing. Darwin. Like, one of them one. had like butterfly. Yeah, Darwin was a, Pixie. Sh- a shit character, man. Pixie. Pixie, another shit character. It had it had Emma like, Frost. I liked her. She was hot, actually. That January Jones. Oh, mate, really so so. Um, I thought she was so throwaway hot. character. Dude, Come on, I thought she was so hot. I really did. I Jeez, was. Well, I'm really so nice. glad that we can judge a movies, you know, <laughs> off by how fucking hot one of the side she characters was, hasn't got any lines. She in the was movie. real hot, man. I was really enjoying her work. I, so I know some listeners out there might think that was a sexist comment from me, but my god, it was watching her Good in work. that film. You know, it was, it was, it was wonderful. It really was I'm, wonderful. I'm sorry, I just. I didn't enjoy it. I'm, I'm looking at pictures of her. I want listeners to know I'm looking at pictures of her in the Emma Frost outfit on Google Images right now, and it's a pleasure, frankly. Um, you know, I, I don't know what you're complaining about, Richard. Um, you, you're complaining, but it's it, it just Kevin, it's like whining, Kevin, you know. Who did who did Kevin Bacon play again? Did he play Shaw? Sebastian Shaw. From he was the very, Club? very good. Oh. Very good. No, Bro. Kevin Bacon was fine in the movie, but that wasn't Shaw that he played. I'm sorry, that was that's not the Hellfire Club. Sebastian Gala, Shaw and the Hellfire Club. Sorry. Well, I liked him. You know, I thought he was one of the best bits in it. Actually, you had Professor. Oh, I like Kevin Bacon. Yeah. I don't have an issue with his performance as a bad guy. Yeah, if he's playing a bad guy, but I just didn't think that there was. I didn't think there was a great uh, Hellfire Club. Oh, look! Fucking I mean, I'm I'm, I'm going to be brutally honest with you right now. I, I like, and I fucking love the X Men movies. Um, and I hate that over per- the movies, Mystique became such an important character. The Beast. No, Mystique. Oh, Mystique. Right, oh, right, yeah. Um, yeah, well, I mean, yes, I guess so. Like, But that was just because of, um, what's her name? Because um, Rebecca, uh, whatever her name is, um, Rosian originally, but then Jennifer Lawrence in the in the sort of like the prequels, or whatever you want to call them, the, you know, the older ones. I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, uh, look, I'll say this. I love the X-Men movies, and I think they were huge, and I think they're very much a huge part of why the MCU Here's the thing. then took off, but they're I not like perfect. I like the first two X-Men movies. I yeah. like the first two X-Men movies, right? Mm-hmm. But it's all after that. I'm sorry. Oh, Days of Future Past it's, is pretty good. Days of Future okay, Past. Okay, that, that was a blip where it was a bit better, but I think that was... That was mainly just because of Hugh Jackman. Yeah, I don't Hugh think Jackman it was... Awesome. I, d- I don't think it was a good movie outside of Hugh Jackman. Like, okay. that's the thing. Now, I'm looking at Hugh Jackman's like, age. So, he was born in 1968. So, he was 32 in 2000 where they did the first X-Men. So, I think that's the perfect age so for a new 
I forgot how scrawny he was. Yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> well, he was movie. he was quite lanky. I mean, that, when he was playing Boy from Oz and all that, it, he I was know, quite no, no, lanky. I'm just, I'm just saying it's so funny because obviously your most recent image is going to be, you know, when he's jacked up. Yes. And then you watch a scene from the first one and he's like as thin as a fucking rake and like no muscle on him. And you go, holy shit, how did I forget that? Because again, you each iteration gets replaced in your mind. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So each movie, the build that he has and how he gets, it, it kind of replaces what you remember. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it, it like almost like deletes the previous file. But then when you go back and watch it, you just be shit. Did he get himself jacked in the later iterations of Wolverine? Oh yeah, he, well, he, I mean, he pumped a lot of iron. Um, for I think he was bigger by Wolverine by uh, um, X Men Two, but definitely no, 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 no. The biggest that he was was Days definitely of, Days of Future Past. Okay. Uh, no, no, I think Days of Future Past, but I think just before that was the Wolverine. Yeah, he was big in that. Yeah, yeah, he was. The Wolverine was the first time that we saw him like the first time did the wolverine come out before days of future past or after? yes because the wolverine ends with a sort of teaser for what days of future past was they came yeah. out like a year after uh, a year yeah time. the wolverine was when he was the most jack he got a little bit bigger for Wolf- the the first wolverine movie origins mm. but he was super jacked for the wolverine yeah well good luck to him like fucking he's hugh jackman he's a fucking legend of the game like i love I'm the not- guy you know, I don't have an issue with you, Jackman. I just good. don't like the <laughs> X Men uh, reboot kind of reboot. Yeah, the well, I mean, like I, 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 the only one that I, I don't right. like is Dark Phoenix. Got worse, that most of them are, are kind of really not that great. Well, I first mean, yes, class, Days of Past, first Days class, of Past is probably one of the best ones. Yes, because Apocalypse is nowhere is like half as good as Days of Future Past. And has some decent moments, but it's not good. And F- Dark Phoenix is terrible. I, well, that I will agree with. That is a, that is not a good movie yeah. at all. And um, I mean, in those yeah. movies, the, the 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 popular characters almost are like irrelevant. You know, like Storm. Yeah, you waste Storm in yeah, I know. in the the Apocalypse movie. You you have Psylocke, and what a waste of a fucking character that is. Mm. You know. Like the you don't really care about Gene and and Scott and and all that you know what I mean I just I don't yeah. know I feel like those movies overall except for the first two and I do enjoy the Wolverine and I do enjoy Logan but I think if you take it overall I I think there's more misses than hits for me yeah well um you know I mean I guess we'll allow you to stay on the show for these what I call treasonous comments but. Um, you, you make some decent but, points. Hey, hang on, hang on. But Hugh Jackman is the highlight of all the movies. Yeah, well, I'll you, say that for sure. Okay, you, I you, guarantee you. Okay, good. You take Hugh Jackman out of those movies, possibly, and I don't think they are, are any good. Well, Although I don't like Wolverine. Okay, you know what? We've got a policy on this program. We always are pro Hugh Jackman, so I appreciate that you made those comments. But you can lay off the X Men movies from now on. Like that's you've had your say. It's on the record. Um, you make some decent points, Rich, and I'll award you a couple of rounds in the contest, but you're very close to breaching the regulations in your contract, so be careful. That's why I'm with you. Anyway, I don't know how we got onto this topic. Um, let, let me... Well, there must have been... Oh, yeah, this bullshit. Yeah, this bullshit. This guy wants to come back and do 
Uh, an X-Men movie. Okay, whatever. Um, he just wants a job, is what he's yeah, saying. He's like, a, I'm av- he's like, I'm available. Kingsman starting to run out of steam. I'm happy to come back and um, do... You know, I'll tell you one thing I did like in X-Men First Class, which I, which I don't love, love. I mean, I enjoy it, but I liked the scene where Sebastian Shaw has the dark vision of the world. You know, that he has that scene where it's like a dark vision, of like if he controlled everything. I thought that was cool. Um you sort of see an alternate future where he has his way and it's just fucking crazy. <laughs> now, um, T-Bone Burnett, who's a famous film producer, of a music producer, um, recorded a song with Bob Dylan uh, to disrupt the art market. Basically, they re-recorded Blowing in the Wind. You know, you're familiar with the song, uh, How Many Roads Can a Man Go Down? Um, he recorded the song. It's recorded on some technology... It's not even vinyl, but it's something that can only it cannot be replicated. It's 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 purely uh, sort of one one thing. Like it's like an old piece of technology, even though it's new, and you can only play it on that technology. And there's only one of them, and um, he sold it for a million dollars. And he said, "We started this is Burnett. We started talking about this in earnest seven or eight years ago." Said Burnett of his conversations with Dylan about recording something exclusively for a new format and a very, very, very limited audience. When music became commoditized to zero, I think we both said it would easier, be easier to sell one of these for a million dollars than a million of them for one dollar. And so they, so Bob Dylan re-recorded Blowing in the Wind now and, and sold it for a million dollars to some, you know, Richie Rich fan, which is kind of cool. And I think he's done it. He's, he's kind of, well, I mean, it's, you know, it's it, that's where it's like, you can play weddings and probably pocket like you know five hundred k, you know private weddings, or you can just record one of your old songs and some guy plays a million dollars for it. It goes into his private vault. That's when you know you got it made. You know that's 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 high level stakes, isn't it? Rich? Yeah, there's a, there's a sucker born every minute. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'd, I but he, but if I was really loaded, I, I'd have like I, I'd hire you know, famous people that turn up and play at my wedding and stuff and play at parties and stuff, why not? Why not? If you've got the cash, like, be cool. Get Neil Diamond. I don't have a problem with hiring them to perform. I'm talking about buying a fucking million-dollar song. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That's nuts. I mean, you know, but, like, I could see a world where if I had unlimited money, I, I would pay for someone to create like a virtual reality game just for me. I would do uh, that. It sounds, it, I don't know if I buy the, the, the bullshit that it's been seven or eight years. Um, I, I think they were inspired by the NFT bullshit. And they were like, dude, there's a market for this shit. We can create something that's supposed to be unique and we can sell it for fucking massive amounts of money. Yeah. Yeah, it does feel like it's quite convenient because it's pretty easy for Bob Dylan to come in and record Blowing in the Wind. It's not. It's not hard for him, you know. He's 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 touring all the time. He can go into a recording studio, bang that out. They do twenty takes, get the best take. Tebow Burnett, great producer, can you know gussy it up, make it sound really good, and and yeah, there's there, there's a fan out there. Like Bob Dylan is one of those guys, like Sinatra. He has a fan base. It's old, and there's a lot of cash in that fan base. You know what I mean? Like there's someone willing to pay it. Um, and I dare say that he's done a lot of stuff. Like there could be someone who says, "Okay, do um, do blood, the Blood on the Tracks album now," and he records it just for them. That kind of stuff. I mean, it sounds like that kind of stuff's already happening. Um, you know, 
Uh, it's kind of funny. I mean, I, I, I kind of dig it. I mean, there's also a part of me that just wishes that, like, Catwoman was real and could steal the file and put it on the internet and then <laughs> that fucking guy, you know, we, we're getting it for free and this prick who paid or, a million dollars. Or, yeah. I could, or I could just, you know, listen to Bob Dylan music for my, you know, Spotify membership or go buy his uh, album for 10 bucks. Well, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, I mean... That, I don't think I don't think hearing that one re-recorded song is going to really affect my life in a in a meaningful way. And it's kind of look, <laughs> I don't know, I'm a Bob Dylan fan, but it's going to kind of be like, how many? You know, it's going to be really old Bob Dylan. You know what I mean? Like it's a different it's a different style of voice he's got now. Like it'll be the kind of more the blues version of blowing in the wind. I know how he does his songs, and I enjoy them, but it's it won't be. It's not like he's a pristine. Guy who rec- who plays his songs exactly as they were on the albums, you know, t- forty oh, years yeah. ago. Yeah, I wonder how it would actually sound. Yeah, well, he would uh, sound a lot. I, I, let me tell you something. I saw Whitney Houston live. Mm. Um, uh, I think a year or two before she actually died. Any good or not? Um, and damn, uh, uh, the drugs. drugs and time really took a toll. Could she still her, do? Uh, I will always love you. Could she? Do, could she hit the notes? Here's the pro- like. Here's the odd thing. She could hit the notes, right? Uh-huh. Um, but mm. she couldn't do in between the notes, right? So obviously the song has got you know it's got yeah crescendos and stuff and all that and and you know you go from your high to layers and all that. So when she had to hit the high note, she could like almost take a big breath and hit it. But then when she had to sing the rest of the song, like yeah. come down from that and sing, it sounded so ugh. yeah. Yeah, well, she had a crack cocaine habit that was nobody's business, you know. Yeah. Like, so I'm just saying, for all we know, that that song could sound like the guy goes, "Oh crap, I paid a million for this." Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Don't know the quality of it, so I can't comment. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's it, it's crazy. Yeah, it's 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 nuts. Um, but yeah, look, one thing I will say, like if, you know, because. Paying a million dollars a song, that, that is your version. That's your music version of the Kraken that you were just talking about, isn't it? That's just the guy who's got unlimited yep. funds. Um, but I do like the idea, and Bob Dylan's been pretty good about this and his people. Um, they've gone through, over the last 20 years, um, they've released a lot of archival stuff from, like, various concerts and albums. and Like, it's really quite a lot of stuff that they've put out there that you can get. And you can pay like twenty bucks and get the whole thing, and I and I, and I do because it's so good. Um, and it's for the it's for the real fans like me, like the guys who want to hear the six versions of "Stuck in a Mobile" with the Memphis Blues again. Like there is, you do have your hardcore fans, and um, I think it's really cool. And Neil Young is doing the same thing with his archive series. He's putting out a lot of it. You can just listen to as part of your Apple Music subscription, like most of it. And it, I think it's cool. I think as they get older. And the focus goes on, goes off. The constant need for new material. There's a lot of stuff in the archives that you know. It's good to see that they're re- releasing it because it's actually quality, you know. And it's interesting, and and that's cool. And so that Bob Dylan has been doing a lot of that over the last twenty years. Like in about 1991, he released the first bootleg series, volumes one to three, and it was like it was it was a lot of gold in there, man. Like a lot of tracks that didn't make final albums are actually stronger, weirdly, than songs on the albums and stuff, you know, because of weird decisions that were made. Um, and he's kind of kept that going. I think he's up to about volume sixteen or something of the of the series, and like that's cool. I, I enjoy that more than that. I wouldn't pay like huge money to hear him do an old song new. 
you know, like, oh, he's going to do Tangle Up in Blue now. Like, that's interesting, but I'm not going to pay significant amounts well, of cash it, for it, you know. Put it that, yeah. I, I, I guess a part of me can understand if it was some brand new song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was never heard. Hmm. But if it's just like, oh, we've done a new version yeah. of an existing song, do you want to pay a million dollars for it? I'd kind of be like, no, thank you. <laughs> no, yeah, I agree. I agree. But, you know, as you say, there is a soccer ball in every minute and Bob Dylan's just taking advantage of it and, like, God bless him for it. Like, yeah. He's like, fuck, yeah, why yeah. not? As I said, I respect the hustle. I just shake my head at the person who actually goes for it. Yes. Uh, now, you've got here a thing about... Um, uh, oh, yeah, so it's when promoting his upcoming entrance in the MCU as Thor's, Thor's villainous gore, the God Butcherer, Christian Bale was asked uh, by comicbook.com whether Warner Brothers has approached him with an offer to return to his Dark Knight role. And he responds, no, 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 nobody. Nobody reaches out to me or they keep me like a mushroom, keep me in the dark and feed me shit, the actor said. Um, for me, it, that would be a matter of Dark Knight director uh, Chris Nolan. If he ever decided to do it again, and if he chose to come my way again, then yeah, I would consider it because that was always our pact between each other is we would just stick to it. We said that we would only ever make three. Then I said to myself, and I'd only ever make it with Chris, which is fair enough, I think, for Christian Bale. I, th- I you know, I can understand his position. He did three movies. They were very well received. You know, he's an actor who's very popular, been in a lot of hits. You know, why would he come back and just do Batman without Chris Nolan? Like, because that was the partnership. Do you agree? Mm, I mean, he could, but not, it, you know. Not really. I mean, if it's a good script, it's a good script. I wouldn't I, I wouldn't be so, like, no ways will I do it. I mean, how about you maybe read a script first? Yeah. And maybe you go, fuck, this sounds, yeah. this sounds brilliant. Like, true, you know, true. maybe maybe don't speak in, like, absolute shit before you've read something, maybe. Yeah, but I, but like, or oh, until you offered something, maybe. I mean, he's yeah. as you said, they haven't fucking offered him anything. Yeah. So, what does it matter what he thinks? <laughs> like, no, they haven't offered me, but I wouldn't do it even if I was like, okay, whatever. They haven't offered you anything, so yeah. Nice of you to take a stand on a non-offer. <laughs> very brave, you know. Very brave to turn down <laughs> that non-offer. Well, his career is pretty hot, man. Like Christian Bale is like he's not struggling, so. You know, like I don't know. I've always found, I've always found Christian. I like Christian. I Bale, like, like Christian. Uh, he, he does good movies. He's a good actor, but he's a weird fish, man. I just think he's a little bit. You know, he's a bit of an actor's actor. There's some guys who just take it a bit more seriously than others, kind of thing. And he's one of those guys. You know, he's just a bit, a bit of a. He does take himself seriously. That's for sure. Um, but he is a good actor. Now, a new rumor, and I think you put this in here, Rich, and I'm very excited to read it. Do you want to do the, this piece of news? Because I'm excited that what, you, what you've got down here. No, no, no. I put it in there for you so you can read it. Okay. I'm, I'm actually really excited. So a new rumor indicates Nev Campbell may return for Scream 6 and 7. Uh, the source viewer Anon has heard the actress has successfully negotiated a deal to return in 6, and the deal calls for a larger part in 7. I am very happy, Rich, right now. And thank you for being hot on the news, man. This is the kind of stuff that we need from you, man. This kind of hunger I'm seeing is what I'm loving. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not a hunger. I just saw it and I thought, oh, that'll make Dave happy. I am happy, man. <laughs> I, I am very happy, man. Like, this is this is good news. Um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 greatness. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's that's 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 absolutely awesome news. Now, I'm going to let you do the Hayden Christensen news. So, give us the Hayden Christensen. What's Hayden Christensen got to say? Oh, I don't know. What's he saying? In an interview with MTV News, actor Hayden Christensen offered his thoughts about theories suggesting one of Anakin's 
Anakin Skywalker's most powerful masters may have survived. Um, okay, he only had one master, but okay. Uh, a theory Windu actor Samuel Jackson himself seems to believe. If Sam Jackson wants it to be true, I wouldn't disagree with that, Christian said. Well, maybe have a fucking backbone then. <laughs> Look, dude, Hayden Christensen needs the work. You know, he'll say anything to keep getting gigs in Star Wars. Like, whatever they're paying him yeah. is more money than he's getting from anywhere. His, his source of income would purely be from convention appearances now. That's where he is in his career. He doesn't have new movies, dude. So if Sam Jackson wants to come in and they do something with him and Darth Vader, of course. If you if you're him, you just agree with yeah, whatever. I mean, like, you've you know. you've 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 shit on 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 shit already. Nothing matters anymore. So fucking why not just go to town? Have at it. Do what you want. <laughs> well, I watched it recently, and definitely you could say Mace Window was not dead when he went out the window. So what happens after that is up for grabs. Basically, and he's only got one arm, so he can't. Not it's not all totally up for grabs, but you hear what I'm saying, Rich? Yeah, I'm pretty sure when he's electrocuted, we actually saw like his skeleton. No, no, it's not a skeleton, Richard. No, he's he's alive. No, 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 no. like he was shocked so much you could literally see through the skin and see his skeleton, mate. Like that's a fucking shocking. Yeah, but he was he was still shouting and screaming when he got chucked out the window. Yeah. Because yeah, it's not the fall that kills you; it's the landing. Yeah, but what I'm but he can cushion the landing with his force powers, Richard. We've seen that before from from Jedi. Why not, man? Why not, man? Death doesn't fucking matter in Star Wars. Just bring them all back. Bring them all back. <laughs> bring every single fucking person back. Bring Padme back. Just bring it all back, man. <laughs> Who fucking cares? Oh yeah. <laughs> Are you calling out Hulk Hogan, Rich? <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, Obi Wan and Yoda didn't even die. They tricked uh, Luke. That was actually just holograms that they used to to because they were they just wanted to sneak off and pretend that they were dead. Dude, I don't really. You know? I, don't, so, I, don't, back, I don't. I don't. Come back. I personally couldn't give a shit. Like it doesn't worry me. If Sam Jackson wants to come back and do something, like fine. I, you know, like really, does it matter? Like really, you know what I mean? Like. It's his character, kind of thing. It does. It does. It does. It's not his character. It does matter. It <laughs> but does. it is his character. It, you know. You know, Star Wars is not the comic books. Death is supposed to have meaning in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But like, I, you know, People he did. Characters die. It's not the revolving door, fucking um, DC and Marvel comics. Okay. <laughs> have some respect, man. Seriously, have some fucking respect for the source material. <laughs> Have some respect for the source material. I love it. Well, someone's got to because uh, no, yeah. they don't. Yeah, so I will. I will <laughs> pretend to have respect for them. <laughs> but it doesn't matter because I don't. I don't. I honestly, I don't respect the Disney Star Wars, so it doesn't no. actually fucking matter at the end no. of the day what they do. I won't enjoy it. I won't watch it. I won't care about it. I won't buy anything associated with it, so right. it doesn't really affect me anyway. <laughs> you it certainly doesn't affect my wallet. You've got to um, watch Obi Wan season two when it comes out, and Mandalorian season three. <laughs> I'm actually thinking that I might have internet problems. No, right you're gonna watch it if I have to come around and deliver the burnt fucking DVD to you. <laughs> oh, my DVD player's not working my at the moment. Hand. Oh, that's so funny. I mean, I, I I kind of agree with you though. I, I I get you. I get your point. I'm not. I'm by no means defending them much. Like you, you are right. It's a garbage fire, and they're desperate. 
like, and they're just willing. There's there's no creative integrity at all. Like, there's not much creative integrity ever in in much of anything. Uh, but there's a real, real lack of it with Disney Star Wars. Like, they are they are now honestly fast food, and they're sort of like over oh, Star to me, Wars, you know, Star Wars. Star Wars is so not special anymore. Like, one thing that I've noticed because I've done so many shows, <clears throat> because obviously you notice it with The Mandalorian, but you're like, oh, but it's a TV show, you know what I mean? And, you know, Mandalorian's a, a minor character. But the Star Wars TV shows look cheap. Yeah. Like, they look cheap. Mm. And I'm like, I've never seen, like, it's so weird to me to see Star Wars treated and look cheap. Yeah. It's 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 a really odd an odd thing to 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 watch. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. My sister, by the way, as we're doing this, is watching uh, Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness on Disney Plus, and her reviews are not complimentary. <laughs> she said, um, "I'm struggling big time. It's complicated. Who is Forkhead? Scrap that. Doesn't matter." I said, "Black Bolt. He's an inhuman." He can basically blast people with a single word, and she wrote "stupid." <laughs> <laughs> well, she, you, 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 you two share your opinion on on Black Bolt, so that's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely, 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 man. That's it's um. Yeah, we both. That hate is Black a Ball. that is a that is a movie that's a bit. I think if you're not a comic book fan, yeah, I think that movie is a little bit hard to follow. Yeah, I agree, I agree, and she doesn't know any of the. She doesn't know any of the characters at all. Like she, she said, "Who is America? Is she in something?" I said, "No, that's her introduction. She's got no idea who these people are." Well, that's um, why I said, yeah. in my opinion, that's why I said, like when in my review in that movie, I said mm. they should have got Chris Evans, Robert Downey Jr., or whatever, to play different versions of those characters because people would recognize them. Yeah, you know what I mean. People go, "Oh, that's oh, okay, so that's a different version of Captain America." Oh, that's a different. But no one's gonna. Okay, I'm talking about just your general audience, right? Mm. Not many of them are going to know who Mr. Fantastic is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or or who the the um, uh, the Black Bolt character is. and You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they're going to be like, I'm lost. I don't know. Who are these people? Oh, shit, don't worry. They're dead now. Some people, like, some people might have some trace memory of Mr. Fantastic, maybe, you know, because the Fantastic Four have kind of had a lot of cartoons over the years. Like, they may, but, like, no yeah, one but- will know Black Bolt. You know what I mean? Well, put it this way: uh, No one really saw the last, the last Fantastic Four movie with with, with Miles Teller and all that. Like, let's be honest, yeah, no it was one a watched huge, that. So, huge bomb, huge uh, the, bomb. The, the fact, so let's be honest: No one has really, no general audience has seen Mister Fantastic since probably the Fox movie, the Jessica Alba movies, and then before yeah. that, back in the nineties, a long time ago. Before that, back in the nineties, there was like the Fantastic yeah, but, Four. Yeah, well, you're going even further. Is my point, but yeah. there's been. But nothing- I'm saying trace memories, like you know, like sure, yeah, but but you are right, like yeah, there's not a lot, and I mean, Black Bolt, nothing, you know what I mean, like zero, um, like many a comic book fan would know wouldn't know who that was, um, yeah, you're right, man. But how, what do they do, Rich? You know, do they put? We're one step away from watching it where it's like the information comes on the screen kind of thing as, as, as to who it is, like almost an, a, a sign over their head to tell them who it is. They do it in comic books, you know, where they're like, it's Iron Man, like Beast, 
you know, they do the like the caption beneath them. We're we're, we're one step away from that. I swear to God. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that'll work in a movie because that's. that's no, it, it wouldn't be good. I mean, I'm saying we're yeah, almost there in a comic book because it's a panel. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. Well, especially if the MCU keeps going and going and going. <laughs> Well, I'm just praying that. Oh, you know what? No, no. You know what you do? You provide people with like an encyclopedia, a little mini encyclopedia before yeah. they, before the movie starts of who's in the movie and, and you know who they are and maybe what comic series they're from. But they're like you know like a, a program. Yeah. You know, like when you yeah. go to the yeah yeah like the, the theater. theater. And they give yeah. you a program. You're gonna at this point you're gonna have to start giving people a, a program pre-movie just so that they know. Or they could have the they could the have it program. downloaded to their phone, man, when they get their ticket. You know, like a little yeah, little so, thing on their phone yeah. saying who it is. I do like on Amazon when you pause it, it always tells you who's on screen and what the actor is and what the role is. I think it's really good. Um, you know, it's connected yeah, to yeah, IMDb yeah, yeah, somehow. Yeah. Like it's, I think it's, I think it's really handy. It even does it for animated stuff. I noticed when I watched Invincible, which I've still got to finish, by the way. Um, that oh, wow, you haven't finished. I almost have. I almost have. I, I just, I, 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 I forgot about it. I remembered it the other day. Was that another thing that you? I've almost finished it. I am going to finish watching it. I almost have finished it. I, I didn't quite finish it. Um, but you don't watch The Boys, do you? Because I was going in to watch The no. Boys, and that's when I saw The Invincible. Um, the, the Boys isn't too bad, man. I, I don't. I see. I, I reckon you'd probably like it, dude. It's actually a pretty good show. No, you, you. If you if you think I like that show, then you you definitely don't know me. Why is it? Because it's too graphic and sort of swearing and stuff. No, I don't have an issue with swearing. I mean, what? I watch eighties horror movies. I don't have a problem with that sort of shit. What is it I just then? don't. I just. I'm not interested in like the dark side. Watching shows with shitty people, like oh, okay, you know, well like then the, you won't. The Aquaman guy fucking fish, or you know, the, a, a superhero giving another one a blowjob to get into the club. I'm just not interested in oh, that sort of okay, shit. I'm not. Okay. That doesn't. That doesn't entice me, man. That doesn't. That doesn't get me. It entices me, me. It entices me. I know it does. But <laughs> I don't need that to. I don't need that to enjoy a show. Oh, I'm. I'm. You know, I'm a step away from just complete moral bankruptcy. So I don't. I don't mind. Like you know, I've. I've sold it all inside. Uh, legendary composer John Williams has revealed that Indiana Jones will be his last movie and it could be Harrison Ford's final film too. Well, it would be a fitting oh, cap. Both, they both should have retired before that, sadly. Well, I mean, it's going to be a last adventure. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I hope everyone can just kind of yeah. like, you know, I was looking, stick the landing. I was looking forward to The Crystal Skull as well and I ended up hating that movie. So I don't hate that movie. I think it's got an unjustified bad oh, reputation. Like, I... <laughs> Look, it's not a good. It's That's not a, the best. It's, it's the worst. It's a bad movie. It's the I'm worst sorry. of all the Indiana Jones, but I still enjoyed it. You know, like it's the worst of the bunch for sure. But I did still enjoy it as a film, um, definitely. But you know, there's good. There's some good bits in it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't know what people are complaining about so much. I thought it was pretty fun. Um, Doctor Strange is such a complex character and it feels like there is so much more to explore with him, says Benedict Cumberbatch. He's such a brilliant character and I'm still having a wild time playing him. Like, he, he's enjoying the fucking check, isn't he? Like, that's basically what that boils down to. Yeah, I mean, he's I don't it. know. I mean, in my opinion, Doctor Strange is just like uh, boring. Tony Stark light. Yeah, I was so. going to say, boring, uh, very generic, very similar to Tony Stark, but just with a bit more snark. Um. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm like, no. yeah. Tony Stark had, no, no, no. Tony Stark had snark, not as good snark. Is, uh, yes, is, worse. Uh, Doctor 
yeah, like everything Robert Downey Jr. did kind of dulled down a little bit and not as good. Um, <laughs> was, you know that expression when, when they say, uh, have you seen that meme when they say, when your mother says, we have uh, we have chicken nuggets at home? Right. You know, like you, you see McDonald's, you're like, oh, <laughs> One McDonald's and your mother goes, No, we've got we've got nuggets at home and it's like cheap shitty, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. no name brand stuff. That's what that's what Doctor Strange is. He's the yeah. no name brand yeah, I agree. of Tony Stark. Yeah, I, I I think the performance is okay. Like it's it's very some people give performances that I think are just so generic and and obvious. And I think that's exactly what Benedict Cumberbatch does. Like he's not stretching himself in any way. So the, something with his that also takes me out of it, and unfortunately it's the same with, with Chris Hemsworth when he's not playing Thor. Mm. Their accents just sound so fake to me that it, I really I can't get past it. Yeah. Right. You know, like his accent, I just I, I can hear that he's putting it on. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Some people, they can do accents a bit more naturally, right? Mm. Like there are some actors who I didn't even know were British. Sure. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Um, and then when I heard them being, um, when I was like, oh, shit, are they doing an English accent? And then I, you know, then I look them up and I go, oh, fuck, no, they're actually from, they just do like a perfect base American, you know, you know, not the Southern, just a normal. Chris Hemsworth has a very broad Australian accent normally in, you know, he's well-spoken, but yeah, it's but a very you, broad you, accent. Yeah, but you can hear when he tries to do an American, yeah, you know, yeah, accent, you, can definitely. you can hear that he's putting it on. Yeah. And it's the same with Benedict Cumberbatch. I can just hear that it's not natural for him. It just doesn't, it just doesn't quite sound right in my ear. I would describe Benedict Cumberbatch as very mannered as well. Like it's, it's, he's almost a little old school, like back in the, like I, he reminds me of like when I think of a 1960s British actor. He's he's kind of very oh, mannered. Yeah, sure. yeah. yeah, I yeah, like, yeah. I, and I don't I don't loathe him or anything. I'm just saying, I I I just feel he's that kind of an oh, actor. No, no, I'm know, not. Yeah. I'm just no, yeah. I'm not talking about him. I'm just mm. talking about the Doctor Strange that he plays yeah. and just the the accent that he does just doesn't. Yeah, I uh, agree. I don't know. I can't. It 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 just. I can't get past his accent. It just for oh, some yeah, reason, it's yeah. like it sticks in my crawl, basically. Like. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I know. It'd be interesting to get. I'll, I'll ask my sister what the what the end score is. Um, yeah, I, I said, I, I said, Mister Fantastic was like, okay, and she wrote back, "The smartest man alive." LOL. <laughs> I'm gonna write, "Not so smart." It turns out. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty funny. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's sometimes it's just like you wonder with how some of these. Some of these movies that we review in detail, you do wonder how they're going to land on the really casual fans like my sister who are happy to watch it like a few weeks later on Disney+. Plus. And she's she's watching Ms. Marvel, and she and as am I and Michelle, and we were all agreeing, like, it's okay. It's not, it's not too bad, you know, like. Um, but then she watches this, and she's just like, who, who, who? <laughs> you know, like, the story doesn't make a lot of sense to her, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's the ultimate... I guess it's the ultimate fear of Disney. Like when they try to go a bit more kind of comic booky, they're going to lose some of the casual fans who are just so confused because they don't have a frame of but reference for it. But this is also the problem where they're trying to tie the TV shows, which I think less people watch than the movies, mm. into the movies. Yeah, and this is why you've got to be very careful that, that a lot of people probably didn't watch WandaVision. Yeah, and then when they go to this, they go, "Wait, what the fuck's going on? What? what wait, why is 
why is Wanda bad now? Like, yeah. what, what? What's happened? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and this is the problem where you, that's why I feel like the MCU shows yes. shouldn't really affect the movies too much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. They can fit the movies for the other characters like your Moon Knight and your Miss Marvel and stuff and all that. But I don't think any important characters should be like nothing important should be in those shows that affect the major movies. Yeah, no, I hear. It's I, the other I, way around. The major movies affect the shows. Totally agree with you, but not the other yeah. way around. I mean, but but I think you could do a lot of shows. Like you could do a Punisher show, a Ghost Rider show that really doesn't. In, you you could do the show, and it it could be quite sort of self contained. Like I don't think it's that hard. Like honestly, mm. like I don't really think. Like I look to be honest between you and me, I didn't quite make it through whatever it was called, One Division. I I nearly made it through. I, I think I made it to the last episode, and which did we just didn't watch it. But I don't think I missed anything. Like you know, it wasn't that connected. You know, really, like <laughs> you know, like nothing. It was all sort of. It was fairly self enclosed, is what I'm trying to say. Like I watched. Doctor Strange, and I wasn't like, oh man, because I missed that final episode of One Division. I'm just so lost. Like they explained it well enough in the movie. I mean, uh, I, 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 you know, but also, but, know. but to be fair, but it's also that we already pre-programmed because yeah. we read comic books. Sure, no Wonder turns back and all that. So for us, if we just walked in, even if you didn't watch One Division, I'd just be like, oh, okay, it's the it's the Scarlet Witch going bad. It's, yeah, it's the kids. It's very much like House of M. I get it. I'm the comic book guy. I get what you're going for. Yeah, yeah. I don't need that back. I think your general audience who may go for the movies, maybe they don't have a Disney Plus, maybe they're not interested in the TV shows, they don't have time for the TV shows or whatever, I don't know. But they might go into the movie and go, I don't understand what's Last time I saw Wanda, um, she was kicking the shit out of Thanos. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, agreed, agreed. No, I totally agree with you, man, and um, you make a good point, and we'll we'll get my sister's score at the end, but it's not looking good for Doctor Strange too with my sister. Right I, I'm going to predict a, I'm going to predict a four, maybe five. I would say it's going to be more like three to four, but we'll see. Um, okay. We'll see. I don't I don't know. She she you know she's she doesn't have any expectations. She doesn't she doesn't know who any of these characters are other than Doctor Strange, um, which she only knows I, I imagine very lightly. Uh, now, the new promo titled Team, uh, this is for the Thor Love and Thunder movie, features what certainly appears to be two Celestials, making the ancient race's first Marvel Cinematic Universe appearance since the 2021 film Eternals, uh, which I haven't actually watched. That said, after understandably sitting out non-cosmic MCU projects... Whoa, 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 whoa. hang on. Okay, finish and then I'll ask a question. Go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, after sitting out non-cosmic MCU projects like Spider-Man No Way Home... Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which I sort of say is cosmic, um, Hawkeye and Moon Knight, it appears to be seen just how big a role the Celestials will be playing in the space-faring, God-heavy love and thunder. I imagine it'll be large, because I bet you are, I'm pretty confident Gore the God Butcher kills some Celestials in the comics, so I imagine he probably kills yeah. one in this. I, I do have a question, because I'm pretty sure that the first appearance of the Celestials was actually in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, but they're saying the last time they appeared was it was Eternals, so they haven't appeared in anything since no, no, the Eternals. No, it says Mark in the Ancient Beings' first Marvel Cinematic Universe appearance since the 2021 Eternals. Yeah, first, 
marking their first MCU appearance oh, since okay. The Eternals. I thought they were saying that it's the first appearance. No, one of the Guardians the movies, you see like yeah. a, a hologram almost is the word to describe of one of the Etern- of one of the Celestials, don't you, or something? You sort of see something along those lines. Yeah, yeah, well, they're explaining the, the, the gems, yes. Yeah, and they're also isn't there also one scene of them in like for uh, Ragnarok or something? There's something or other with them. I, oh, I, I don't know. I, I try not to remember that. Oh, movie. geez, that's right. You hate that movie, which I actually love. Anyway, now yeah. I've got a question for you before I even do this um, next bit. I want to, you to give me your explanation because you're the Star Wars expert in Legends, dude. The Super Star Destroyer in Return of the Jedi. Remains one of the largest ships in Star Wars. So why was it destroyed by a single A wing flying into the bridge with Return of the Jedi? What's your Star Wars fan knowledge say about that? Did you have some insight? Um, yeah, that basically when it crashed into the bridge, it just created an overload of systems and stuff and all that. Right. And, yeah. But the whole ship went down. Like, are you well, happy I mean, with that? In yeah, well, I mean, the ship's engaged in aerial battle. It's mm. probably you know sustained multiple damage. Um, it's getting shot from everywhere, mm. and then this lucky, this like well, unlucky for the pilot, but this just <laughs> lucky uh, crash happens right in a in a pivotal, important yeah, yeah, yeah sort of hub that probably causes a chain reaction, right? Um, Again, it's a it, it's it's probably a bit of luck. It's a stroke of luck, but I mean, it's not like a, the Star is just sitting there, yeah, and then all of a sudden X wing just comes out of the blue and crashes into it. No, it's I mean, it's it's in a battle. It's sustaining probably multiple. It's probably things are overloading already. Yeah, you know, there's issues and shit, and that was just the that was just the nail, the final nail in the coffin. Yeah, the straw that rode the Plus, camel's they're, back. They're probably got too cocky as well. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, uh, Why didn't their shield stop it? Why didn't their shield stop it? Well, you only have shield. I mean, if you're getting peppered um, Mm. in the battle, your shields are going to deplete. But I mean, then you still have to get through hull stuff and all that sort of crap and all that. As I said, it's one of those like uh, the ship was probably already having problems and crap, and then that was just like wasn't Admiral Akbar? Wasn't he like concentrate all fire on the start of trial? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. that, that was the that was the biggest threat. Other than well, because they couldn't the Death Star the shields weren't down. Yeah. So basically, if they if they couldn't do the run at the Death Star, yeah. the next biggest threat was, was the, destroy- the, was the, the destroyer, and so there's nothing they could do with the Death Star. So they literally had to say, right, fucking take out that big fucking thing. Otherwise, you know, we're going to die if we can't get away from That's the right, because they will find the Death Star is fully operational. And um, that's yes. right. Yes, my hero, Palpatine, played them once again. Um, yeah. Uh, so the answer is, yeah, you are on the right track. The Super Star Destroyer, appropriately... By the way, is this Vader's ship, the, the Executor? Is it Vader's... Vessel or not? Uh, no, I think. What was his? I vessel? think the executor was um, a, a Tarkin ship. I think Tarkin's, but Tarkin was dead by this point, wasn't he? He died in Star uh, Wars. Yeah, well, I mean, it became someone else's ship, I, I think. But I'm pretty sure that was his. 
Right, okay. Sure they were talking shit. Grandma off talking. Okay. The Super Star Destroyer, appropriately and the Executor, stood as a command ship for all other Star Destroyers. Uh, as described in the Star Wars Encyclopedia, the Executor measured a staggering 19,000 metres in oh, length. No, sorry, I'm wrong. Okay. And was equipped with top-of-the-line defences. Not only that, it held a crew of over 300,000 people and stored over 1,000 ships. So the relatively small Rebel Alliance managed to score a huge victory when it brought the vessel down. Given the size and power of the Super Star Destroyer, uh, its destruction may seem a little too easy. However, many factors led up to its demise. In the novel Star Wars Lost Stars, it's mentioned the Executor's engines had been weakened from previous Rebel skirmishes. And so the ship was already at disadvantage during Return of the Jedi, and the smoking engine can even be spotted during the battle. As the Rebels scrambled for safety, Admiral Akbar yelled out, Concentrate fire on that Super Star Destroyer! From this endless barrage of attacks, the ship's deflective shields were blown up meaning the bridge was left with minimal protection while it could hold out against the lasers the force of a craft diving headfirst into the executor was too much and everyone on the bridge met their end and that was it and a three hundred thousand people more blood on the hands of the rebel alliance and um the might of the imp- fair in love all fair in love and war i i even said to the in during um that fucking show Obi-Wan Kenobi when we saw all the Super Star Destroyer or whatever it was and Vader marching with all the troops I said doesn't it bring pleasure to the heart it warms the heart the Imperial fleet I said that to Michelle she was like you always go so just for clarification it's very similar the um, uh, Admiral Priet was Mm. the commander of the Executor Mm. and the Executrix was um, uh, that's super close talking ship that's yeah, that's close. why I I got I got them a bit. It's executrix and executive. I'll allow that very small error from you. That's that's a that's an understandable error from you, Rich. You don't make a lot of errors when it comes to Star Wars, and you are on the right track. Well, I don't. I well, to be fair, I, have, I don't really partake in Star Wars that much anymore. So yeah, but still, you 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 know your stuff from back in the day. Not a lot gets passed, and um, yeah, I, I'm not going to deduct a point from your score for that. You know, I think you were close enough. Um, yeah, Christopher Priest will be writing the Black Adam solo book and he'll be replacing the character with a new successor, a young boy named Malik. An interesting move considering the movie will be coming out soon. I would say a stupid move. Um, yeah, but yeah. they do seem to do that these days, don't they? What a dumb like idea. The, the, the new Doctor Strange movie was coming out and so they did the death of Doctor Strange, you know what I mean? Like Dumb. And and now the Black Adam movie's coming out, and they're like, "Oh, let's <laughs> let's uh, replace Black Adam and make him give his powers to some other um, some other guy." And by the way, the the new kid, I saw a I saw a a, a, a picture of it. Like I don't know if it was a composite off, but he's going to be wearing white. Jesus, why? Um, so, why? so he's the opposite of uh, Black Adam. You see, I see, and that's also dumb. I, I just don't understand why they do these things. I, I Maybe I'm just, you know, I know they'll say, you're too old. You're not the target audience. Fuck you. But, like, you know how they say that? Like, you know, fuck you. You're so old. You don't get it. Like, but you've got a major movie coming out with a major star, The Rock. Black Adam, you've spent the last 20 years rehabilitating and making a player in the DCU. I do not know why you're abandoning that character as the movie is about to come out. It's so dumb. You know what I mean? Like, you've... And look, I mean, oh, yeah. you, you know with comics, I mean, you know, they, they do these things and you know that uh, sometimes they'll, you know, not always, but sometimes they'll revert back to, you know, mm. 
the status quo. But yeah, I do think it's stupid to do this. So you've so Black Adam is finally getting his own solo mm. right um, book, mm. and then you like, but we're going to replace him as the main. You know, uh, uh, we, we're going to have him give up his powers to this other guy because he's seeking redemption. It's like that's that's not what new readers say. So if people go watch the Black Adam and then this is the book that you want mm. them to go buy after that, mm. they're going to be like, "Well, hang on a second, why?" Am I reading this? I don't get it. Like, maybe save that story for a bit later. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, uh, you know, maybe sometime after the movies come out or something. Hundred percent. You know, hey, yeah. put that on the back burner. Let's let's focus on on building this character up because we want people to come out and buy the comic. Yeah. After they, you know, hopefully come buy the comic after they've watched the movie and all that sort of shit. Yeah. I just don't understand doing this. They don't get it, man. Know, they 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 fail just again and again and again to get any synchronicity at all. They've convinced themselves that they're doing the right thing, even though their sales are in the toilet. They, they just don't seem to try, um, and they just they shoot themselves in the foot, like with these minor characters. And I do consider, when I say minor, he's not a mainline DC character. He's like second tier, probably. He's got, probably gone from third or fourth tier to roughly second tier in the last 20 years. But why get rid of him? You've got a major film star the rock in the movie if he's ever going to have a chance to push to become a big big player with the general public this is it you know what i mean this is the time this is the moment for black adam um and also what, yeah. what, what's funny is it's just it's it's like it's a new version of um of shazam yeah because the the kid it's a kid mm-hmm and so yeah. he's, you know, he's like becoming the wizard, mm. giving him the power to the the kid, who then, you know, will probably look like a man. And I'm just like, but you already have that. What do you do? Like, I'll be disappointed if he's not gender neutral. I'll be very disappointed if he's not gender neutral. Rich, he's surely got to be gender neutral, don't you think? I oh, look. I don't know what he is. All I know <laughs> is that I think it's a. I know it's a young black kid. Sure, which is fine. I mean, uh, I've got no problem with that. But what's Black Adam? Is Black Adam? He's Egyptian. He's Egyptian. Well, yeah. um, he's from well, he's supposed to be, but I mean, obviously in the comics, it's from Kondark or whatever. But yeah. I mean, he, he's 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 background is Egyptian because obviously the gods that bestows power are Egyptian gods. Yes, uh, that spells Shazam and all that sort of stuff. Um, it's just I don't know. Um, it's crazy. But I mean, it's is crazy. this a kid that he just got from like the suburbs or like the inner city, or is it actually like a, a kid from from Kondark? That's what I don't know. Mm. Could it be a kid from the ancient past? You know, like no, so, it's, it's definitely it's a modern kid. It's it's like a it's like a twenty twenty two kid, yeah. Yeah, because the one of the images I thought I think he was Brendan Leather. Okay, well, yeah. I, look, the jury's out, Rich, and I think the jury's well, a kid or a teenager or something. I don't know what he is, but my point is, I was just like, uh, I don't know. Would you maybe, as I said, either save the story? Or you could make it sidekick at least for a while, you know. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You're pushing this, you're pushing this character, and and you know you got the rock promoting this character, mm. you yeah. know, and and you know what? I, and and I've heard the you know, I, and I understand the argument. People go, oh, yeah, we need more minorities. Like, yeah, but Black Adam already is. He's a minority. A minority. Yeah. What are you talking about? Like, he's so that one doesn't fly. Yeah, it's he is a minority character. If you want to go down that route already. You're you're replacing a minority character with supposedly a minority character. Like it's that's yeah. yeah, it's stupid basically. 
and you're doing it at the and worst possible say, time. I would say technically Black Adam is even more minority because there's not many Egyptian. <laughs> yeah, but but you're also <laughs> doing it at the worst possible time as well. You're not doing it in the off season. You're doing it as the, probably the most crucial time for Black Adam ever. You know, mm. as as a character to break out in terms of merchandising, this is the moment. You know what I mean? Like this is his moment. It will either succeed or fail depending on how well the movie does, and they're just totally failing to have any synchronicity with the comic. And it's you know, it's far from the first time that this has happened. Uh, they're just dumb. They're just basically dumb. That's what it boils down to for me. They're just dumb, and they don't get it, and they just fail to understand how how business works. It seems. You know, it's it's fucking hilarious. Now, it fails to understand. I don't think they care. Like they just decide, well, we've got to do it anyway. Yeah, they don't seem to care. Reason. They don't seem to care. That's true. I don't understand why. Uh, in shopping with the gang. Oh, by the way, this week I got um I got that Astro City thing. I also got um hacks hack slash. Have you ever read any of this, Rich? It's like the Tim Seeley book. Um, uh, I know of it, but I've yeah, never read. It's it. pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I actually got the the two. Deluxe editions. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's actually really pretty cool. It's like uh, it's almost like Buffy like. Um, it's a character who would have been the final girl in like a slasher movie, but she survived and she goes around killing slashers and stuff. Um, it's pretty cool. Yeah, is it, you know, so a lot of it's kind of comedy mixed in with action, um, like dark comedy. Um, I, I enjoy it. It wouldn't be everyone's cup of tea, um, but it's enjoyable. It's funny. You know, it's it's irreverent. Uh, I I enjoy it. I think it's I think it's a good book. Um, now, shopping with the gang, I really only had one thing this week um, was the Black Adam Justice Society Files Hawkman 1 one-shot. That's a lot of information. Black Adam, the Justice Society Files, Hawkman 1. So, obviously, they're promoting because Hawkman's going to be in the Black Adam movie, Rich. Um, which, when does this Black Adam movie come out? It must be soon. Um, is, it in, uh, is it in July? August or something? August, yeah. Oh, is it that soon? We should go and see it. Do you want to go and see it? You and me, because I don't think Michelle will be interested in this one. Maybe she'll come with us, but do you want to come see the movie? Um, Might as well come sitting at the Thor one. Yeah. You're you're not going to go see Thor? Really? No interest in seeing that movie, man. All right. Well, I'll see it. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Every Every new trailer I watch of that, I just go, this movie looks terrible. I do not want to watch it. Wow, wait. How does it feel to be so hard to please? <laughs> I think it's great. I think it's great to have such <laughs> high standards. I don't have high standards. I totally admit to that. Actually, <laughs> very uh, like I don't like when, when you when I'm younger. I could I you know, and you have so much free time, you can watch whatever shit you want. But sure. as you get older, my time is more valuable. So you know, yeah, but I don't want to I don't want to waste my time with shit. You are on a hit and, show. Let's be honest. I'm just going to say I have to endure a lot of shit for this show. And so I do <laughs> that's need to try and, I do need fine. to try and cut it down a little bit where I can. That's fine. Man. out there is there anybody out there 
anybody out there Weekly comics, Rich. Uh, just just two weekly comics this week, and they're the two sort of like flashbacks to the nineties that we've been enjoying. Um, you know, and best of time. yeah, the best of times. Oh yeah. Um, it is uh, the first one is Venom Lethal Protector Three. I gave this seven out of ten. I'm quite enjoying it. David Michelini. Um, I don't think it's doing anything extraordinary, but it's. It's. I mean, I, I enjoyed Michelini on Venom, and I think that it's... I mean, to me, this is basically what I expect from a weekly comic. You know what I mean? Like, this is the quality level I expect. I think I think seven's a very fair score for a book like this. What, what do you think, Rich, of this? Yeah, I mean, it's it's enjoyable. Uh, it's good art. Um, it's got a bit of humour to it as well. Mm. Um, I feel like it's definitely... It's almost like tapping into the Venom movie. Yeah, which is where, good. Where the, where, the, where the symbiote and him are a little bit more, like, funny almost. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, not as un... Well, they're still a bit unhinged, but it's it's more for, like, comedic effect and all that. And I just love his absolute hatred for Spider-Man. I think that, like, that's the best part of, like, Venom is just... You know, he's he does want to be a hero. Mm-hmm. Kind of, but he also fucking hates Spider-Man so much that he wants to kill him. Yeah, he wants and to he's eat him. Through plotting his revenge and all that sort of stuff. So it's kind of funny that way. I like that it's a it's a hero, but he also wants to murder Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, kind yeah. Of funny. He he really sums up like anti-hero, but slanted towards the, more the bad. You know, mm. like any heroes in pop culture usually are a bit gooder. If you know what I mean, but he's more of the—he's an anti-hero slanted towards more the the bad. He will kill, kill people and eat them and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I said. Like, I feel like this is—it is inspired by the old one, but I think it's also—I think it's also kind of using the—it's—it's it's definitely trying to replicate the, the the first Venom movie. 
Does he eat the doctor at the end? No, because he says that uh, um, that he scared the shit out of her. Right, but in what way? Because they say that people who entered the thing, like one person will never be able to speak again and all this. So what's he um, done? I don't know, because he mentions after that about like how scary he looks because um, of the teeth and all that. And he was like, why did you look like a normal costume mm. uh, when you were with Spider-Man and when you were with me, it's like the lizard tongue and the the shark teeth and all that sort of stuff. But the symbiote isn't like talking to him yet. Or there there or are not, moments, not, though. Not. There, there is a moment in this where the symbiote talks, I think. No, but again, it's 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 used sparingly. Is my point? Mm. Like, it doesn't mm. really like. It's not like Venom in that. Like the two of them are having like actual conversations, but it's like Venom in that he he talks to the symbiote a lot. Yeah. Um, and and they do seem to have a little bit more. Uh, he has a bit more control over the symbiote in a way. Um, uh, and the, the two of them are trying to figure out a way to have him not be susceptible. Susceptible susceptible to sound um, susceptible yeah yeah i hate too right. many s's in a word oh no it's hard. um uh they're trying to make it that he can be immune to sound waves and like sound right um attacks right i see yeah but like i i i i, I question that i think he may have killed the doctor i do i actually think he might have killed the doctor i i i, I the way i read it was he had killed the doctor and i was kind of surprised by that I'll double check. I'm pretty sure he did. Okay. Um, all right. Well, okay. So out of 10, what are you giving it? Yeah, I agree with your your 7 out of 10. Mm. Now, the next one was the Wolverine Patch 3. Now, I really did enjoy this. And there's a lot going on. Like, it's quite a complicated story. But I do want to pay tribute. Oh, no, you may have actually killed her or at least mangled her. I think you killed her, Rich. Um, I think that was the fact. Like, he still eats people and stuff, which I like. I like when they don't depussify Venom, you know? Um, it's or very no, weird sorry, because she wasn't ne- but she wasn't necessarily a bad guy. He just killed her because she called him names. Yeah, but that's but <laughs> Venom is like that, man. That's what I'm saying. Venom's a little bit nuts, dude, you know? Um, and, and, that's, and that's part of the puzzle here. Now, I want to say this for uh, Wolverine Patch 3. I think that the cover... It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, and I'm just trying to work out who did the cover. Let me go to the... Um, so, Andro DeVito is the penciler, and I think he does a fantastic job. Um, cover artist was Jeff Shaw and Ed, Ed, Edgar Delgado, and I think that cover in the jungle just is awesome. Um, and I think this is a really good comic, and I think it's really good artwork. And I think it's some of Larry Hammer really showing... Larry Hummer showing that he knows Wolverine back to front. Um, some of the best Wolverine I've read since Jason Aaron's run, you know, 10, 15 years ago. I think this is putting Wolverine back on Main Street. I think this is a really good book. I'm giving it 7.5 out of 10. Where, where are you, Rich? Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. Again, yeah, I agree with you. The art is is really fantastic. Um and the art in both the books has been good and enjoyable, and especially yeah. the cover. the The cover on on Venom Lethal Protect Number Three is outstanding mm. as well. Um, yeah, I'm enjoying this book. Uh, I, I I'm I like the story of the 
the the the two other enhanced mutant people and their kid and and and, and all that sort of stuff mm. and uh i like that they ask him are you mutant or enhanced and he's like i'm both um, yeah yeah and stuff Well, because the, the enhanced uh, is the adamantium skeleton yeah 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 well yeah but they've also been enhanced as well because they were mutants and then the russian government performed experiments on them to or boost their powers mm. um and that's why they were just i guess they were asking are you mutant or whatever and he's like yeah like you are both and all that sort of stuff um he's super violent in this as well i mean you talk about it. venom killing people the wolverine kills an entire fucking army but that's <laughs> but, you know that's the wolverine i want man you know i think that's a great wolverine especially when he's solo he's patch you also get an origin story here he does his origin it was great to see silver fox and others um I, you know what i like i agree with you but this has also been why i have a problem with wolverine uh, in the x-men do you know what i mean like uh, i like wolverine as well when he's when he's violent like this i mean you've got the claws mm. you should use them and all that but it's just weird to me that he's part of the x-men where it's like you know professor xavier tamed him a bit you know healed him yeah i i get but you know in his solo stuff he always was killing people and and then when he's with the x-men is like don't kill and it's like eh, i'm like i don't get it he like, killed sometimes just, he just, though he killed sometimes with the x-men yeah later later but he never really killed in the in the the broods uh, the brood and, in the in the tunnels man in yeah. the tunnels well, if you're talking about the aliens that's a little bit different i mean that's what about that's, in the tunnels with the hellfire club yeah, I don't think he killed him. Though. I don't remember. <laughs> I actually no, no. I'm pretty sure, like in the in the 80s and the 90s, he wasn't really running around killing people in the X Men books. Okay. He was definitely kind of doing that, especially in the 90s and all that in his solo book, if I remember yeah, correctly. 100 doing it. Solo I just remember that's why I had such a weird like. I was like, this is such a cool character, but to in include him in the X Men books, you, you basically neuter him a little bit. Like mm. he's still a cool character, but I just feel like. You know what I mean? It's it's like it's like when you watch the X Men the animated show, right? Yeah, he's got these claws, but the only times he ever really uses the claws is to like chop a door down or yeah. you know cut a gun or something. And you think yourself, it's I get it, it's a kid, but it's just so weird that that character, this violent character, yeah, 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 true, is part of that team. Yeah, well, it's just so weird to me. But that was the juxtaposition. But I love this. I love this. I like this. I like Wolverine solo. Not really like associated yeah, with the X Men, just doing his thing. Yeah, man, that's it, cool dude. Character yeah. and all that. I that I really enjoy. This sort of stuff I do enjoy. Oh yeah, um, yeah, I totally agree with you, Rich. You're you're on the money tonight. You should be making a lot of good points tonight, Rich. You you got yourself into some hot water early with some pro, oh sorry, anti X Men film comments, but oh, it was tepid water. No, it wasn't hot water. You're redeeming yourself with these <laughs> comments about Wolverine Solo. You know, I like my Wolverine Solo, man. Like no rules, no regulations. I, I, I don't know why, but I actually like Wolverine with an eye patch. I don't know why. I just like his look and the character just really looks cool with him. Patch is super like, cool, man. Yeah. Patch is cool, dude. Like there's there's no there's no getting around that, man. Patch is a cool character. So I'm giving it seven point five out of ten. What are you giving it, Rich? Uh so this will also be a, a um a, a seven for me as well. I've okay. I enjoyed both of these. Um probably Wolverine a little bit more, but I don't know if I'm willing to go to the point five. Oh Jesus. You know, and you you're doing that to spite me, I think, because you're you're you're, you're really no. No, you're anti point five, so let's face it. You are. 
You, you don't enjoy No, I'm not anti points five. I like to use them sparingly, Dave, so that they mean something. <laughs> I like to use them often and, you know, it, you know. Always. Yeah, I, I really. <laughs> often and every time. <laughs> I do enjoy point five. Now, um, we're coming up to a trade of the week, which was my selection, actually, and I'd never read it before, and I was very happy to read it. It was the Rogue miniseries, a four-parter, uh, Howard Mackey on writing duties and Michael Ringo on art duties, and a real pleasure, actually. A real – it's Rogue and Gambit together, storyline, and um, I dug it, man. And what a pleasure to read something from the mid-'90s like this that I think holds up and is that classic period of X-Men that I think a lot of us treasure in our hearts. It's so much better than what is there currently, <laughs> basically. Well, that, that's what I was going to say. This was this, even though it was written in the 90s, right? Mm. If I'm Yeah, 95, I think, 95, yeah. Mid-90s. Uh, this was far more enjoyable than any current oh, X-Men oh, uh, uh, books that I've read. And you know what I was thinking when I was reading this? I was like, who was the fucking idiot at Marvel mm. who took Rogue out of her cool bomber jacket yeah. costume and put her in that horrendous green and white costume with the hoodie? That was done after the first movie and with X-Men Evolution, the, the cartoon show. I believe it was done around there. It was so fucking dumb, man. Like, that costume of hers, I'm sorry, is iconic. Yeah, I agree. Do you know what I mean? That's an iconic, cool costume. The green and yellow. Dude, I've got, I've got it here. Jacket. I've got it here. I've got that rogue, a little Marvel Legends figure that, that that a friend gave me many years ago. It's old. It looks crappy, but it's a, like a lucky token for me, and I keep it by my desk. You know, I, I love it. It's just a little figure that means the world to me. I think it's. I think she's a great character. I think that you're right that. It was never, never improved. It was, it only declined. But I think it was um, after the first movie with, um, oh God, whatever the actress's name is who plays Rogue in those movies, um, who's also in True Blood, you know, the woman I mean, Anna Paquin. Is that her name? Uh, Anna Paquin, yeah. 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 Um, after she did that, they did the X Men Evolution cartoon series and they did Wolverine and the X Men, and all of those used the sort of, sort of more goth Rogue, you know? I don't know. I wouldn't call that green and, and white costume goth. It was well, so whatever, like, whatever you would call it. But and they also and they depowered her as well. Yeah, they were like, oh yeah, that. no, she doesn't have a. And don't get me wrong. There's been some rogue bear costume because I remember that she also had a green and black costume. I think at one point. Right. Okay. Um, uh, this I can't remember when that was. Um, but no, rogue rogue should always be in that in that classic I agree. green, yellow, and and brown bomber jacket, man. That is just such a cool look. Why are you? Uh, yeah. Why would you ever change that? And I can, I'm okay. If you can say I change it for the better, I'm cool with that. Mm. But nothing has been better than that. Nothing has been better than that rogue costume. I that totally is, agree. That's when I think rogue, that is what I think. Yeah. I, I, I 100% totally agree with you I, I i don't see there's any chance of you being incorrect there it's 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 and what do you think of the storyline did you enjoy the oh, story? really good story that's like really ties into the the, the classic 90s x-men where mm. you got uh gambit who's part of the thieves guild yep and then there's also assassin's guild which are like the enemies and stuff yep. and all that um you know and uh they are for revenge 
Rage Against Rogue and stuff. And I'm just like, it's just, oh, and oh my God, I miss that 90s Rogue and um, uh, and, and Gambit, you know. Relationship, uh, yeah. You know, Remy always, always, you know, always um, wooing her and all that and her always pushing him away because of uh, how her powers work and the fact that he's like never gives up. You know what I mean? I I miss that. I, I miss yeah. that sort of um, the, the relationship they had where she was always like, she loved him, but was pushing him away, and then he just came at her harder. You know what I mean? Like, and be- it's because know, of her powers. Of it's because of her powers, like that absorbed the, the um, you know, absorbs the life force and the powers of the other person, and will kill them eventually. As you see with Cody here, who's in the coma, um, who eventually kind of goes to heaven. Basically, I, I, I think it's quite a powerful scene. The artwork by Michael Wingo is really good. I think too. I, I oh yeah, and this is this beautiful. is him early in his career as well. Yeah, but it's like, good. Yeah, this is this isn't like peak. This is this is like no. This is like I, I'm still refining my sure. Um, but he gets it, doesn't talent. he? He gets but, it. No, no, but yeah. it's there. But it's there. Even though this is this is early, Mike. It's still a it's it's still a joy to totally to to look at it and to read it and all that sort of stuff. And I love me some rogue, like especially nineties rogue. Uh, that you know, sugar. You know, you know, and you know, I, I love that southern accent and her calling you know people sugar and stuff. I just, I fucking miss that rogue. I, I just oh, want so that rogue good. forever. No, I agree with you. I think that that I don't know why they can't do it. Like, I mean, Spider Man doesn't change. I mean, much. I, you know, why what does she look to? like in the? What does she look like in the current X Men? I don't even know. I'm like, I'm, right I'm so not reading the current X Men. I don't even know what she looks like in the current X Men. I'm going to Google it right now. Rogue. I'm sure it's not. I'm sure it's not good. Rogue Comics, 2022. Rogue X Men Comics, 2022. Let's have a look and see what comes up, and we can at least get an image of what Rogue looks like. So. Uh, looks like it's kind of more like a um. Oh God, the the image is taking time to come up. Um, it's kind of like um, how can I describe it? Like a a, a green jumpsuit, uh, no jacket, uh, and the yellow isn't there. You know, so it's just green with sort of like a white stripe down the middle and an X across her chest. Um, and it's all green, so they, they've taken away the the yellow, basically. Um, and I'm it, assuming she's still depowered, where her only power now is to absorb. Um, yeah, well, that I don't know. Pulls. That I don't know. But um, I'm sure it is. Yeah, no, it's more green now. It's just all green. It doesn't look as good. It's not as iconic as the classic. It, oh, so you're talking about where it's like an X on her stomach? Yes, on her chest, chest or kind of boobs, basically. Yeah, and then it's kind of like a. Kind of like a, just a green jumpsuit. There's there's one here, which I don't think is actually an official Marvel one, which is just a side shot of a side boob with like a mass, <laughs> <laughs> massive like boob rogue from the side. Look, you know, so yeah, it doesn't look as good. When they put the yellow in, there's plenty of images of her with the yellow as well, but I don't know from how long. No, it's, they're on 90s Rogue. So, yeah. No, 90s Rogue is best Rogue. 90s Rogue is so much better than the, uh, old, you know, more modern Rogue, which just looks... It, the the more modern one just looks more lame, basically. Um, just It just it just looks more lame. It's the only word to describe she look, it. Yeah, she looks... It's Yeah, it's so bland. Blander, I mean, yeah. It's blander. Just so blame. Less personality. They don't do the white hair as much or not as well. I like that, like, white 
bit of hair. I also like really liked um, that when they did like Cody and Gambit and then Car- Carol Danvers, like, you know, the, the creature was morphing into all the different faces. Um, mm. I thought that was a really cool scene. So um, I'm actually going to put in the weekly comics for next week, the first appearance of Rogue in the Avengers Annual 10. And the first appearance, no, of, I, uh, yeah, yeah. And the first appearance of her in X Men. The two issues. There's one issue of X Men, but the, there's the Avengers Angel t- Ten before that. So I'm gonna put those in a weekly comics next week because I looked at the weekly comics for next week and it wasn't overflowing with stuff that uh, we're gonna be desperate for. So we'll do some archival stuff. But yeah, this is really good. Uh, it's a really effectively told story and beautiful artwork by um, Michael Ringo. And great to see his Gambit, which I which I thought was an interesting take on Gambit too. I thought it looked pretty cool. Yeah, another character I miss. Oh, know. yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, big time. Big time. For me, Gambit, because I got into the X-Men pretty much through the cartoon series, to be honest, uh, and then the movies, I really um, loved Gambit in, the, in that stuff. And I'm always surprised when they don't seem to be able to do Gambit um, ever since kind of like almost Chris Claremont and then into the 90s, you he's know? Too much, he's too much of a ladies' man for today's, you know. Yeah, he'd, I just he'd, think he'd, they, be me, he'd be me too, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, exactly. And unfortunately, we do know some of the super, super left-wing identity politics writers would probably have a problem with him, you know what I mean? Like, they like, you know, the way they like to find their problems, Rich, you know, they like to search through the fields for a problem, like, better than a story is a problem. Look, I mean, I'll say this, I, I do I do enjoy 80s X-Men and all that, I sure. do, you know, uh, Chris Claremont, you know, all that sort of, Ed Burns and all that, but... Um, I'm sorry, but for me, my favorite is the '90s X-Men. When mm. it's, you know, when, when it's Rogue, Gambit, Wolverine, Storm, you know, well, why don't Cyclops. Why don't you pick, why, like, don't you pick uh, Fatal, why don't you pick Fatal Attractions for next week, man? We should do it. Like, why not? You've been okay. talking about you've been talking about yeah. it, so like, we'll do it. I do believe um, that it's like quite long and two volumes. Do you want to do volume one, and we can do volume two the next week as well, if you want. So you could have True. two picks yeah. in two weeks. Yeah, we'll do that because it's quite long. We can we can, we can go in a '90s X Men binge. Yeah, it's quite long. So I thought um, let's let's break it up. So next week um, we're going to do a two week pick um, X Men Fatal Attractions. And we're going to do it over two weeks. And I believe it's in two trades as well. So it's a, it's an easy break. I've got the Omnibus as well, actually. But uh, but, I, but I've but i never read it and I've been longing to read it. So uh, I know Tash recently well, that, read it and loved it. Well, that's what I want to do now, right, is um, mm-hmm. and this is the beauty of, of – <laughs> this is almost kind of like the beauty of not being interested in the modern shit. Sure. It gives me time mm-hmm. to go back because I – when I was collecting comics and and the X Men stuff, I, you you didn't really have trades, right? So yeah. you'd miss issues, you know. You, you'd read it in bits and pieces and all that. So there's lots of stuff that I've never read the full versions of. Sure, you know, um, and stuff. So I'm I'm actually wanting to go back. Um, I've actually got a a bunch of like the Excalibur stuff lined up. I've got the um, X Factor stuff lined up. I want mm. to read some of the the other events of. I never got a chance to read in the '90s and all that sort of stuff. So um, I'm I'm very much on like a I'm going to be going on like a bit of an X Men binge cool. soon. Well, I'm just dude, everything up. But um, that's yeah. the beauty of having this time of not collecting modern stuff is that I can now I can now knock off mm. all this old shit that have been piling up that well, I never. Well, pick ever some of them for single. Pick, pick some of them for single because I'm always happy to read them along. You know, like so. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a great. All right, so. 
turning to our scorers, I'm going to give this Rogue miniseries eight out of ten. I've, I I actually really enjoyed it. It was it was also it was short. It didn't overstay its welcome. I thought it was a really good spotlight on both Rogue and Gambit. And I've read the Gambit miniseries, but I'd never read this, and I thought it nicely complemented it, frankly. And beautiful artwork by Mike Ringo, who was such a solid draftsman, even early on, you know? Mm. Well, I'm going to make your day, Dave, and I'm going to give it an 8.5. Yes, Rich, that's what I'm talking about. What did I give it? I don't remember what I gave it. Eight? Eight. Yeah, I'll see. I'll still with eight. Um, yeah, gr- gr- a great read and a recommended and I'm proud of it. it. was one of my picks, actually. And I picked it because of Michael Ringo and Rogue. And I know we both liked that era. And it was just a hunch. And it mm. turned out to be better than I expected. And, all, and, and, and because of my bitching and moaning about Crush and Lobo. <laughs> oh, that's right. We are still going to do Crush and Lobo down the track. You haven't escaped oh. fully. Yeah. But, uh, but not for a while. Um, now, I do want to say thank you to all the listeners. The Patreon is in need of help. Um, and I am going to do the, the Elvis thing this week. Um, so look, if you've got potentially even this weekend, uh, if it's going to be raining. So if you've got a spare couple of dollars, I would greatly appreciate if you could help out on the Patreon, patreon.com slash signal of doom. It really does help. And there's going to be new content this week with the Elvis comeback special deep dive. Um, yeah. And, uh, man, I, I sort of want to see this Elvis movie, man. And like Michelle's just so anti me going to the cinema. So I might have to wait till it comes out on streaming, but it's not what I want, it doesn't sound like. Like, the fact that they don't do... They should have put Priscilla in a plane looking out the window and fading away Graceland and they're playing separate ways. Well, you know, the scene writes itself, Rich, don't you think? Like... Uh, not according to Baz Luhrmann. When she leaves... Take me through what happens when she leaves. Is there, like, a druggy scene where she leaves Elvis sprawling on the uh, bed with women? No, so... Elvis is Elvis is uh, sleeping, and he and he hears her banging around, mm-hmm. and he kind of like wakes up from his stupor, and he's like, <laughs> and she's like, "I'm leaving," mm. and he says, "She's like, I'm I'm leaving you," mm. and he's just like, "Is this about the woman, baby? Is this about the?" She's <laughs> like, you, "What do you think?" She goes like, "You think I give a shit about the?" The, the the woman you sneak around you know sneak through the back door and all this sort of shit mm. um you know i'm your wife blah 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 and uh, she's at the front door she's like got her bad and then he's and he's like uh but you still love me right and and she like goes just like sort of give him a kiss on the forehead and he's like holding a hand and she goes i need to go otherwise i i, I won't be able to leave and then she kind of pulls her hand away picks up her bags and walks out the door wow a beautifully told scene there by Richard. Sends a chill down the spine, and they really should have played separate ways. That would have been a perfect opportunity. I think there wasn't any of his music for, um, his obviously, moment. the but those the, moments. That's so beautiful, though. Be a bit, eh, it's also a bit cheesy, I think. I, I like cheesy, Richard. And you could, oh, have, you could have had... Here's a scene. She, the exact scene you mentioned, she hops in a taxi, and then it cuts to Elvis looking at her... Puts him in the studio with the headphones on. We've seen it before, and he's doing um, separate ways the song, and then cuts to her in the thing. She's got tissue on the eye. Then she puts sunglasses on, tries to be stoic. End scene. And that's how you make. That's not what Baz Luhrmann wanted. Oh, man. So uh, you know, like 
Wow. I, I don't know. It feels like there's there's a movie left on the cutting room floor for me. You it know? is weird. So I, I will say this. One, it's, two, it's been, the movie's about two and a half hours, which I feel is about half an hour too long, mm-hmm. in, in all honesty. Um, because the weird thing about this movie with Baz Luhrmann is mm. there's some moments that he spends too long on mm-hmm. and then others that he just rushes by. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like like uh, Priscilla leaving Elvis it's like a, it's like five minutes. Bang, yeah. done. Out yeah. the door. Done. We're done with that. And you're like, oh, okay. You would think that you, you, some of the pivotal stuff or, or stuff that happens is very much glossed over and mm. just like, just like, all right, we, 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 we mentioned it kind of thing. Yeah. And then there's other parts where you're like, Jesus Christ, how much longer is this scene going to be going? You know what I mean? Like, um, and it's sometimes he gets it right. So I don't want to say like, it's all like that. No, there's some moments where it's exactly the right pace, but I do think that if, for a lot of the stuff you're going to be cutting over, then you probably should have cut this movie down by half an hour because mm. you're not really spending that much time on a lot of the, you know, there's a lot of important stuff that's just getting sort of thrown, just made, like briefly mentioned, thrown to the side. Okay, we've covered it, move on. Mm. Um, I'm telling a different story type thing and all that. But look, I mean, you got to watch it to to know yeah. whether you like it or not. And you know what? I mean, if you are a Baz Luhrmann fan. I do like Baz Luhrmann. You might. You know, you might still enjoy the movie as a Baz Luhrmann movie, mm. and not necessarily as like, oh, this is the definitive. What's Elvis your movie? What's your favorite Baz Luhrmann movie? If you had to pick one, mine's Romeo and Juliet. Uh, Jesus. Uh, Do you have one? Maybe you don't have one. I guess, yeah, I guess that would be it. I remember I was forced to watch that with the girlfriend at the time. <laughs> well, we all were, Richard. So, you know, that's that's the. But way I haven't. I don't really. I've ne- I've never watched Australia. I've never watched Moulin Rouge. Oh, really? Moulin Rouge is I've good. I've not actually watched that many Baz Luhrmann. So I'm going to pick. I think I've only seen two Baz Luhrmann movies, and I think that the first one was the. Is it Strictly Dancing? Strictly Ballroom. Is that is that it? So, yeah, they, they, the Strictly Ballroom. That's a Baz Luhrmann movie, right? I believe it is. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that, and I've seen Romeo and Juliet. I think that's and this and this one now. Okay. Um, actually, you know what? I might say that I probably may have enjoyed this more than the Romeo and Juliet. Great, the Great Gatsby's not too bad. Um, not seen that one either. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. There's another one that I'm forgetting that uh, that I also liked, but the Great Gatsby wasn't too bad. I enjoyed it. Okay, so we've settled on scores. We're doing Fatal Attractions book one next week, and then the week after that we're going to do book two. So two weeks, kids. Um, we've mentioned the Patreon. I do want to do a shout-out to the collective, uh, to guys like Tombs of Evil, um, Last Sons of Krypton with Ray, Inner Demons with Brian Becky coming down. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's it, man. Uh, Ghost Spider Groupies, of course. Capes and Lunatics, I'm back on. I had to skip a month of the Spider cast because it was my birthday and I was out and about with um, my parents and Michelle's mum, but I'll be back to, to, to take back my throne, the intercontinental belt. Um, so I'll be back on that. And, yeah, it's just rock and fucking roll all night long. Rich, would you agree? Is there if you're a if you're uh, a rock star uh, for you for yeah. you till about midnight? Yeah, that's right, exactly. Yeah, till about midnight. And then Davy Nice's nap. That was so funny <laughs> when I was like, "Who's even out at this time?" Like seriously, and they're, they're like, "David's ten thirty on a Thursday," and I was like, "Okay." <laughs> I should be in bed with my hot chocolate. I was tired. I was grumpy. The back was hurting, Rich. You've you've heard the stories before. Um, mm-hmm. And there's always the kids who want to keep the party going, and Dave was just happy to just fucking hit homeward bound. 
You know, that was the song playing in my head. Homeward bound. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, man, yeah. I mean, I, I agree and disagree because, I mean, if I'm out and I'm not having a good time, then it's certainly... I was having a good time. Like I was just tired. Visit. I was just no, tired. No, but yeah. if I'm having a good time, then um, I, I could probably stay out well, well, well wow. into the into the morning. Really? Jesus. Wow. Not me. I mean, I like to get home. You know, I need to put my feet up. I need to have a cup of tea, um, the slippers. <laughs> I was once away, once away from the pipe. <laughs> it's the only piece of the puzzle that's still left. The pipe. I, def- I had the slippers. I had the heater on. I had the blankie. Um, you know, and I was just like, oh my god, I'm so tired. <laughs> like, these young people have just dry- drained my remaining life force. Um, it was so funny. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty funny. All right. On that note, I want to say thank you, Richard, for everything, and thank you, and good night. Good night.